Been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Hercules and his gifts, Spider-Man's control, and Batman with his fist. And clearly I don't see myself upon that list. Said where you wanna go, how much you wanna risk. I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts, some superhero. Welcome to Elite Week, episode 75, The Calm Before the Storm, with special guest, down-to-earth astronomy. You know what? On April Fool's Day, you should come on and do your stream and say, this is down-to-earth astrology, and just talk about crystals and moonbeams and shit. That'd be awesome. All right. I am your host, Kai Zen, and I am tonight drinking Jameson's from a glass and a bottle of ice-cold dragon's milk that's frosted. It's fucking delicious. I highly suggest it that you give it a try if you have the opportunity. With us tonight, our tactical officer, Tweaked74. Say hello, Tweaked, and what are you drinking tonight? What what flavor of coffee? Hello, everybody. Friday night again. We got lots and lots to talk about. Yeah, we, we order some interesting flavored coffees here from a company called Bones Coffee Company. Tonight, nice. I am drinking a brand called Jamaican Me Crazy, and it's a <laughs> vanilla caramel flavored blend, and it's freaking delicious, I got to tell you. Dude, I drink uh, Black Rifle coffee, and it, it is good shit, but that all of your flavory, fucking fruity, flavored, specially whatever ones, they, they sound tempting as all hell. I'm like, ooh, I want to try that. <laughs> 
and our special guest, Down to Earth Astronomy. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Um, poison for the night. It's going to be a uh, Jamaican-style ginger beer because got to drive in the morning, so I'll be the designated driver tonight. There you so, go. Cheers. So wait, since you're a ginger and it's a Jamaican-style beer, you're going to have to go, hey, man, through everything tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I need more than just ginger beer for that. And of course, our tech monkey, the man with the plan, making it all happen from the control booth. Control it on. How are you, sir? I am awesome, buddy. Uh, I'm drinking a glass of red, uh, Shiraz, and having an awesome time. So enjoy the show. Absolutely. Our opening song tonight was something just like this by Scary Pockets featuring India Carney. What a beautiful voice. Go check out that band. It's in the show notes. I put it up there now early. Uh, so you can go check it out. Subscribe to their channel. Go buy their shit. They are a good band. I dig them. Our closing song is going to be Radiohead Meets the Police. Mashup by Elise Trow. Links to that is in the show notes. Our cover art is Atmospheric Dusting by at Commander Vex. That's at C-M-D-R-V-E-X on Twitter. Go check him out. He does good shit. Big congrats tonight to SpaceX on the successful test and the safe landing of Starship 15 and to NASA for the safe return of Crew-1. Alpha 4 has come to an end and now FDEV is on their sprint towards May 19th and we will wish them the absolute best of luck on that. There's intrigue on the galactic scale in Galnet News this week and controversy in the elite content creator community. And we've also got David Braben telling us about walking in ships. All this and more, so stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. All right. So right off the bat, we're going to start off with the Dark Wheel update. It's the Dark Wheel update. The Dark Wheel is in control of nine puppets, and uh, we are at 41.7% uh, influence as of today. We are going to continue to run through this system. In the background, there's some other stuff that we've been doing 
sort of on a hush-hush situation, uh, and we are getting everything taken care of, and now it's time to crank it up, run through, take full control, uh, not while we already took full control, but expand from Nine Puppets and uh, aim it to 509, see what happens. I want to give a huge shout out to the Black Sky Legion. You can join the squadron uh, BSL1 on PC. Uh, just look for it. Um, in addition, I want to give a bit of a different shout out tonight. I want to give a shout out to the Recon Squad. The Recon Squad is a group of guys that behind the scene does some um, reconnaissance work for us every day that is very, very important. I want to give a huge shout out to Wolf Dragon, Phil Barnes, Controladon. Swordsmith, Fearless, Bethran, Manderdander, and Biotic Keen. Big salute to you gentlemen for all the work that you guys do behind the scenes. You guys are fucking MVPs. And having said that, we're going to now turn the show on its head. We're going to do it backwards. My man uh, down to earth uh, said he would come and, and hang out with us tonight, but he's got a cross-country trip tomorrow. He's going to be driving, so... We're going to do the discussion topics first so that we can get as much down-to-earth goodness as we can on these topics. Uh, and then we'll do the back half of the show. We'll do all of the, you know, regular sort of, you know, videos and links and stuff. So the first discussion topic, the need for a roadmap. Now, I say that this is sort of important. After Horizons, FDev indicated that they would not be continuing with the whole quote-unquote season pass situation. They didn't like that. They would be looking to do more sort of completed content drops going forward. But I posit that Odyssey will not be a complete product on May 19th. And as such, it will require further content additions and product improvement to be a complete and viable product. The major concerns here are, number one, will FDev move on to dev, you know, schedule dev cycles on other products? They have many games they're doing now. They're doing, you know, Planet Zoo, Planet Coaster, Planet Dinosaur, Warhammer's coming up, and Planet Formula One, and all the other crap that they're doing. Those things all have have their own product schedules and developmental timelines and those things are going to come knocking saying hey you got everybody on all hands on deck on elite right now we need people for this project and that project we have our stuff scheduled so i think that is a concern another very big concern for me is if extensive development activity will be budgeted for odyssey going forward will it be focused on more fps stuff or will it be focused on filling out the non-fps game loops or will it be some hybrid of the two because i have said very very clearly that it is my belief that they should say fps is pretty much good as it is right now stop chasing fps and go back to putting in stuff in all of the other loops that sort of got gutted to so they would have a, a, a finished product for fps you need to have real exploration stuff for 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 um exobiology you need to have real stuff for scavenging and hacking it, it everything was sort of the minimal viable product just so they could focus on FPS. Now they need to focus on the other stuff. Now I think if David Braben were to do a talk with a rough roadmap, no hard details or timelines are needed, just general talk with broad strokes to say like, we intend to do this, this, and this as we progress for the next you know, period of time, 
and then we will sort of uh, put Odyssey more in a ongoing live service as opposed to a like hard in in hard crunch development mode. I think a talk like that, and you know, it doesn't have to be David, but let's be honest, you score, you walk in scoring a ton of points just off the bat if it's David. I think that would do a ton to really give people, it would buy a ton of goodwill and an understanding from the player base who on May 19th are not going to be looking at that sort of great of an experience. I think that Odyssey has a chance to be really, really great going forward, but I don't think we're going to see that greatness on May 19th itself. Let's start off with your thoughts, uh, Astro. Yeah, so I, I absolutely agree that having a, a roadmap, I think, is, is, is going to be super important, and it's not something they should wait half a year or a year with coming out with. Um, before the announcement of Odyssey, we had this really weird... Um, vacuum in in mm-hmm. elite where where we didn't know what the future was. It was like, yep, yeah, we now got the, uh, the the fourth of the promised uh, updates for um, um, for the Beyond series, mm-hmm. and we didn't really know what 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 was the future of elite here. And I think, especially when you're pulling in new players, I know a lot of players they will look at the game and they'll say, oh, this is cool, but they're also going to look at elite and say, this is about six seven year old game now. Is I mean, is there a future in this game? Is it still active? Is it still being developed on? And mm. and for for those people, it is super important that you can go and say, yes, we have this plan for the next, let's say, year. And and as you say, I don't need to say we're gonna get this feature on that day and this feature on that day. The one what the the, the broad strokes they did with the with the update where they say like okay, so spring. Uh, summer, fall, winter, that kind of thing. Basically Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, that's fine. Um, but again, the broad strokes, what are kind of the, yeah, the, the overall uh, thing. That being said, I personally think that they're going to be keeping a focus on, um, on Elite until the console release. Because I think I think you're absolutely right in, in your in analysis that they have been focusing on um, uh, on the like the shooter part of it, and mm-hmm. then the a lot of the other game loops have been uh, well. Hopefully, will be added later, and I think they will be added with the console release because they need that they need to to like to re-roll that hype train um, as we get close to console release. So there's a lot of talk about the game again um, when we get up, so they can kind of alleviate off that with the when it comes on console. So I don't think we're gonna see. A lot of content coming to Odyssey in the period from after the 19th to the console release in the fall. Mm. But I think we're going to see some stuff being added together with the console release when it comes out. And after that, roadmap would be nice, yeah. Let me ask you, uh, I I personally think that come May 19th, Frontier is going to have some tough days uh, from the press and from people's opinions uh, on just the initial state of Odyssey launch. And I could be dead wrong, but I, I, I feel that. Don't you think that before May 19th, if if, if on the eve of that, if, if come, you know, whatever, between now and May 19th, if David Braben were to do a short talk to say, here's what Odyssey launch is going to be, roughly, and here's what we intend to do, you know, over the next six months, again, just broad strokes, don't you think that would buy a lot of goodwill? Absolutely. I think it would. And also, it's going to put that that unease at rest with people being, oh, so, so what what now? When I mean, you have Odyssey, and people are going to be excited about it, but it it's only going to be at tops a month after Odyssey is launched before people begin to ask. 
so what's next? I mean, yeah, that's fair. They, they, they're the first people beginning to get fully engineered uh, weapons and suits, and we're beginning to figure out how the meta is going to work, and people are going to begin to look forward, saying, where, where are we heading now? And uh, so, so I think it's, it's we, we need some kind of, like, yeah, is the league still uh, still running? We know that Frontier, from, from all their financial statements, that they are planning to have an income from Elite for uh, for the foreseeable future. So it's not like they're going to shut down the servers, but having an income and, and still actively developing on it is still two very different things. Yeah. Um, you know, they said when they brought back Galnet and community goals, we are going to do this up to 2022. We're committing to that. Well, folks, 2022 is six months away. It would also be nice to hear a little like, oh yeah, we committed to that cycle and we're going to then start the next cycle after that, as opposed to we're committed to that cycle and then we're going to turn it all off again. That would, I'd be, I, I, I think that would be disastrous. Yeah, I, I have a hard time seeing Frontier doing that, to be honest. I mean, they've I spent... I mean, if, if Frontier were just looking for like a quick final cash grab before they close down uh, Elite, or, or at least put it into to non-active development, they're just doing bug fixing and that kind of stuff, um, I don't think they would have done the huge graphic update for it. It seems like a really, really weird thing to do if all you were looking for was just like one final quick cash grab um, before you put it to bed. Um, hmm. The fact that they've done so much work on the graphics side really tells me that they are they have trying to to get that graphic engine that is now as we said six uh six ish years old mm. get that up to date so it looks a little bit more modern um so that elite can have a a, a future hopefully well beyond 2022. oh i i agree 100 percent. but let's keep in mind that before they turned on the the, the Galnet and the CGs again last October. Before then, they had it running for about two years without really, you know, CGs and Gal. I mean, in the last, so in a year, they had done like three Galnet stories. They didn't bother to do any Galnet stories when fleet carriers were launched. So there's nothing to say that they couldn't say, okay, we're going to turn off Galnet again for another year or two, and then we'll turn it back on with the next release of stuff. You never know. Tweet, what do you think about all this? Well, I'll go right back to the very beginning their statement about they're not going to do a content, you know, a, a dribble of content edition after the release anymore. I didn't really understand where they were coming from in that regard because Elite Dangerous is not Fortnite. It is not Call of Duty where you can develop a map, throw the map in the game and call it a day. It's never going to be that kind of game. So to me, Elite Dangerous begs them to do what they've done with Horizons and probably what they're going to do with Odyssey is put the base of it in and then put all the trimmings in around it. So I don't really are, understand why they're thinking that way to begin and, with. And what are your feelings on the idea of if they were to do a roadmap before Odyssey launched to give people some some ideas? Oh, I think a roadmap is almost necessary at this point. Do mm. I believe they're going to give us one? Not necessarily, but yeah, I absolutely do. It would be so comforting as a longtime player of this game, three, four thousand hours in, to hear, okay, Odyssey's out. Now we're going to add this. And, and and like, like Astro said, I don't need any hard dates. I don't need any hard times that this is when we're hoping to have it, but this is the direction we're gonna go. And mm. that would just, that would make me feel so much better. And I'd actually take that a step further into a different direction and say from May 19th to the fall, I would kind of, for all us console players, I'd like a roadmap along that route too, just to make sure, you know, just to make us feel 
a little better about the way everything's going. Oh, let me be clear. I, I, I think that a roadmap right now dropped before Odyssey launch is massively good for Frontier, is good. It, you know that old saying, you only get one chance to make a first impression? I, I If you look at the stream that Dr. K and Pierce did like two weeks ago, there were so many people that had been frustrated through the whole alpha process and were saying, this doesn't look right, this doesn't whatever. And then Dr. K and Pierce came on and said like, hey guys, this is just, you know, get the idea. This is a branch off the trunk. This is, you know, whatever. There were so many people that I heard made the comment, if I would have heard that before the alpha started and had a different sort of place in my mind of what the alpha was, I would have been so much less worried or less frustrated or less angry during the alpha. I, I, I think it's very, very important for them. The reason why you do the roadmap before Odyssey launches even is because if you say the right things to reassure people. Now, sure, there's going to be some people out there that take a certain approach to it where they're going to be very uncharitable to what is said and are going to say, ah, it's all lies, lies, lies. Okay. A lot of the people that want to believe, a lot of the fans of the game are then going to say, oof, I'm a little frustrated that this feels bare bones or this feels whatever, but David Braben told me they're working on this, hasn't steered me wrong so far, so I'm going to trust, I'm going to believe, I'm going to not be upset now. Once people get upset and then you do a roadmap, that only goes halfway that doesn't it get it, it buys much more if you make that investment early i believe what do you think astro i really didn't like that void we had after beyond and i would really like not to have it if we're gonna make it before i uh, i think if they really want to stretch it i would say the very the very latest they could get away with a roadmap would be the console launch um, because until then we kind of know okay frontier's working on the console launch are they going to add more stuff and things with the console launch? Well, my fingers are crossed. I hope so. But after that, we know nothing. It's mm. it's once again, you're heading into the black and, and you don't know if the next update is two months or two years away. So after that point, we, we are once again in this like vacuum. I think that is the latest point when a roadmap, uh, roadmap should come out. And I hope they will do some kind of roadmap. Um, I, or, or, or maybe not just maybe not even roadmap. You say, hey, we are working on the next update. We don't have a date for you yet, but it's coming. Mm, it's okay. Yeah. Just, would... just tell us what it's going to be. You're going to get different kind of atmospheres to land on. You're going to get ship interiors eventually. Just tell us things that are coming. And As I think a living the player game. base will be sedated. As a living game, I honestly think they, again, I think they need to do a roadmap right now so that it kind of just eases the pain of Odyssey drop, the launch, the first day launch, and assures people that more is coming. Relax. But over and above that, as a living game, I very much think that Frontier should shift to a, a policy of constantly having a roadmap. I think they should do a roadmap every six months with just broad strokes. It doesn't have to be hard dates and specifics, but just say, guys, we hear you on ship interiors. Guys, we're definitely looking at continuing the atmospheric spectrum. Uh, guys, we're doing, we're thinking of this, we're figuring out that broad strokes but i think that that i think frontier has been very very poor in their communications for a while 
be in their best interest. It would just make their people more, make their fans, make their customers more happy, more reassured, more willing to give their love to the product if they were to continue to sort of do roadmaps. Credit where credit is due. The frontiers become a lot better at uh, at communicating um, and managing expectations than uh, they were in the past. So they definitely made uh, made steps in the in the right direction. Um, and I, I will agree. For, it's it's difficult because I know Frontier love to keep secrets and they love to like really surprise people with oh my god, there's this extra thing coming out. You can see mm-hmm. how much they've gone out of the way to hide things in the alpha because they didn't want to show us engineers they didn't want to show us uh, guardian the sites they didn't want to show us star guards all that stuff that has been hidden away and god knows what else <laughs> um, and they love those surprises they love people getting that oh my god mind blow at launch day uh, kind of thing and those came those two things with having an open transparent roadmap versus you want to keep things secret and surprise people at launch are kind of like working against each other right here's Um, what i love about you astro you are a sweet sweet summer child that believes that they chose to held those things back and not that they didn't have them finished yet (laughs) so i think if they i think which has been very um, very conscious about what they wanted to test in the different phases, and I think they, I think they held it out on purpose because they would only. Sh- I think you're right that it's, some of it wasn't finished, but I think it's because they really only wanted to show what was as close to a finished product as possible. And that's only a subset of what was in Odyssey, but they only wanted to show that. That's why we haven't seen all the different settlement types. So what did I say? 18 new settlement types that we haven't seen in the Alpha. And absolutely, they were not in the Alpha because they weren't ready when they took the, the branch of the trunk. <laughs> that's no doubt about that. But we also, from when that branch was made, like a month and a half of developing time from the alleged 100 people, that's, that's quite a bit of developing time. Mm. Um, that they've put into Odyssey since that trunk was uh, was branched. Let's move on to topic two. What is there to Odyssey in space? So right off the bat, we know there's pretty planet tech. We know there's a different hyperjump animation. We know there's different rendering of the super cruise ship, that whole lens flare thing that looks chef kiss it looks amazing we know there's prettier ships and objects everything in the galaxy that is a physical object whether it be a ship or a station or a building or an anything is prettier because of the pbr the physical base rendering of upgrades that they did to the uh rendering engine but is there anything else frontier has said that they have held stuff back to wow us upon land on launch could there be comets asteroids rogue planets rogue stars something in the system belt something you know every system has that belt well not every system but many systems has that belt that the, now to be clear just to give an explanation i'm not talking about the ones that are around a planet i'm talking about the, just the little line of rocks on the system map that's between the star and normally where the planets start like there could be something there something that makes it useful or worthwhile or relevant at all um new mission types dredgers you know one was already found with the hesperus what if they're you know obviously so they've reintroduced it that was the thing that was in the alpha of elite vanilla but never made it to the live game launch until the hesperus event there could be no pois a continuation of several of the storylines either the raxla storyline or black flight or 
INRA or Project Thunderchild, so many things. New permits, a continuation of the Thargoid or Guardian storyline. You know, I personally believe for sure on May 19th, there's going to be something new at Thargoid or Guardian sites. Now, it might only be just, oh, there's a place where you can open a door. You cut a panel, you open a door, it goes into a small room, and there's just like a little teaser of what's to come. I don't think there's going to be a lot, but I think there's going to be at least a teaser of something to come. What else? What did I not think of? What are you excited about and i want to play one one uh asset here control go ahead and queue up asset number five art said on a stream with the pilot not even a month ago there will be no new ships on odyssey launch they've already stated to the content creators group no new srvs at launch but watch this space because soon after maybe something soon but not at launch so i ran through my list tweak this time what do you think? What do you want in space for Odyssey? I really don't know, to be honest with you. I've been pondering this, and actually I've been pondering this since a show we did months back with WK Jez. And I really think space is pretty well set as it is. I mean, we know we got better looking ships. Like you said, there's better. The explosions look better. The hyperspace jump looks better. I'm assuming that the uh, asteroid fields and all of that kind of stuff will all look better. So to me, it's a graphical update more than anything anything else. I'm not convinced. I have heard nothing that's going to tell me we're going to get new missions other than the Odyssey missions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and to, to your point, I agree with the Guardian stuff. Uh, going to the Guardian sites that there, you might be able to do some different things there. I don't know if FDev would do that May 19th when a good portion of their player base can't partake in it. They may hold that kind of stuff back until the console release. Let me change the question then for you. We'll say Odyssey full launch, meaning Odyssey launched on all platforms what are you expecting what are you hoping for go in space in space not on foot i'm hoping for some bad guys to shoot at more than just the random pirates uh, I'm, I'm hoping whether it's the thargoids or something else i'm i'm hoping that as you said the guardian ruins the thargoid bases i'm hoping there's something to those i also think that if they don't do this they're missing a huge opportunity but the abandoned settlements with those buildings like at davs hope and in the various places like that there's some real opportunity for some interesting gameplay on foot inside those buildings that i hope they haven't overlooked okay astro so the main thing compared to the alpha that i hope is that they are gonna give i know they have we saw it with with the stream with k ross they're gonna give the um the rendering a bit of a <clears throat> an extra pass i know a lot of people does not agree with this um but i personally think it was the the lighting in in the alpha was too dark yep um, i agree and and a lot of people like the dark. The dark is more realistic, and I, I can definitely, I can definitely see that point. It's, it's a very valid point. Um, what I'm kind of, what I was kind of missing is that you know, if you're out exploring and you just see the nebulas move around, and I mean, if they're gonna do those as physical correct as they can we're not gonna be able to see those nebulas because they're gonna be too dim they're gonna be mm. so faint you know they're just gonna be a black sky with white dots on it we're not gonna have the uh, the different colors of stars as, uh, as we have today space is gonna look a lot more well black and white when we're mm. flying around and i think that's a shame because i really like that when you're out exploring you see the colors of the star change and you see the nebulas get bigger as you move close and that kind of thing honestly i love the blacker black dark of odyssey alpha 
for on foot because it gives the whole running around with the flashlight of much more scary fucking like oh what's gonna be just outside of my range of vision hairs on the back of your neck standing up feel but in space i like the horizon model a little bit better of the whole like i can see things better because as you just said it, it adds to your ability to appreciate things in space space is beautiful the way it is right now in horizons to make it darker and harder to see i don't think that's an improvement i would no. add one more thing that i'm hoping comes with odyssey whether mm. the full release is i've said before i'm not a huge fan of exploring mainly because alls i know i'm gonna find out there are a pretty sight and now mind you they're beautiful there's very cool things to see out there don't don't get me wrong but i don't feel like there's any real assets to find or interact with and i'm hoping that changes with with the update coming right on astro your final thoughts on the what you want from odyssey in space before we um no i think maybe just to i mean i don't expect a lot to change on the space side of elite with uh, with odyssey that's this is mainly an on foot uh on foot thing um and I don't think, as, as you said, I don't think we're going to see new ships coming, not even with a console console launch, but mainly I think just maybe, at least in the cockpits maybe, give us a little bit extra light so we can actually see the dashboard. <laughs> that would mm. be fine. And not just Dude, the holograms. If they were to give us, if they were to just to throw in as a, like, surprise comets. Oh, I would be so happy. So happy. I don't care even if you can't mine them. Just as a beautiful representation of the real galaxy. And I'm throwing this out to you, DJ Wiley, space hero. I know that that's your big thing that you're always harping on. And I agree with you. It would be so, so beautiful. All right. Next subject. A look at fleet carriers as we approach a year since the product dropped. Fleet carriers dropped in June of 2020. So that was, as of next month, a year ago. Now, I have long been a champion of fleet carriers when others were hating them. And I'll say this, fleet carriers are really good. If you wanted to make them great, here's what I would do. And I know people are gonna say like, we're on Odyssey, you're whatever. I think it's very important for Frontier to look at the products that they've released in the past and not just say, we've released this, now we cut it off, now we move to the next thing and forget it forever. I think it's important that Frontier takes small time to make little tweaks on stuff that they've done in the past instead of drop it and forget it so that they can turn a good product to a great product. So here's what I would, would like to see. Number one, the ability to schedule multi-jumps. Number two, the ability for the fuel crew that I pay millions of credits a week to actually manage the fuel, either automated or at my remote direction. Even if I have to tell them to do it, let me do it from wherever I'm at. Don't make me go there and load, you know, sit on it with a cutter on the pad and move stuff. That's just dumb. Number three, the ability for my fleet carrier to recognize me as the owner and give me a special landing pad and dialogue. Don't greet me with watch your speed when I'm the owner of this thing. I pay your salary. Say, welcome home, commander. Your special pad 07 is waiting for you. Or uh, make it a large pad. That way, no matter what ship I'm in, you can just direct it to the same one and save on resources, development resources, whatever. The ability for more livery options, such as uh, a special... Uh, kit or paint job for high ranks i think that the higher ranks you know you get your top rank for the feds and the imps at what is it duke and rear admiral like vice admiral something there's two ranks above that 
please allow for something to happen with those. Also, add the ability for owners to sacrifice some storage to access extra module slots. Say, I don't know, 100 tons adds 100 extra module slots and it's expandable up to as many tons as I wanna go. How many of us owners, fleet carrier owners out there would say, oh, I will gladly give up an extra 300 tons for an extra 300 module slots. Add the ability, number six, add the ability for a fleet carrier owner to put up his own money to generate missions such as fetch me X or go run Y cargo to Z location. Included in this, the ability to pay commanders to resupply your goods. Let a commander, if you're a DSSA owner and you out there have modules and shit at the ass end of the galaxy for people, let me create a mission that somebody can take like if you go to jameson's or you go to a special location they'll give you these are fleet carrier locations outside of the bubble that have these missions and hey you need a ship that holds 200 tons of cargo and if you could run it out to this location this guy's going to give you x money to, to do that let me resupply without having to move the fleet carrier number seven let the owner sell exact the sips and modules that they want no more forced to buy packs nonsense and if you do buy packs give me a greatly reduced wholesale price because that's how sales work. You don't open up a car dealership and sell the cars for exactly what you bought them for. That's just dumb. Get a major discount from the car deal, uh, uh, factory to sell their cars and then you sell it at the sticker price and you make a good profit. Number eight, allow for fleet carriers to actually support all the roles they list in their tasks. For example, you can set your ship to be an anti-Xeno fleet carrier. You still have no ability to sell anti-Xeno modules. This is a grievous oversight that should be addressed. Number nine, add a couple of set piece locations upon Odyssey drop or even after and hell, if you have to half asset, if you must and steal the one big ass concourse design philosophy from stations and instead uh, of the shops and the bar make it a bridge where the bridge you know the people on the bridge can view the jump sequence a briefing room and and then the various services you have of your fleet carrier for example universal cartographics office a bounty turn-in office a shipyard etc also add a private captain's quarters where they can have a trophy room or a player housing room uh, and player controlled message board where you can communicate with people and coordinate things on your fleet carrier. Do these and fleet carriers will go from a good enough product to a great product with so little. Now, yes, the last thing there requires a lot of effort to do, put location, set piece locations in there, but everything else in there that I listed, one through eight require very little, what do you call it? programming, development, for a very massive return on your investment. Uh, down to earth, it's your turn to go first. What do you think on looking at fleet carriers a year in? Um, my main thing is because fuel would be really nice if that got an overhaul, so we can can manage that in a more sensible way. Like, yeah, I agree. Having to be sitting on your own carrier and also transfer fuel or have a buddy sitting there buying it off the market and also put it into the fuel tank is, is well, it's, it's a little dumb. Um, other of the small like creature comforts, uh, like oh, not creature, but like, like quality of life things. Yeah, having a custom um, ATC voice say "Welcome back" or "Welcome home, Commander." Um, we reserve your favorite spot for you, or something like that. Uh, yes, really nice when you come in. These are small things, and the things something from Jig can relatively easily do if uh, um, if they wanted to. But again, it needs to be to be prioritized. Um, I did I did miss the messaging board as or maybe even problem is when you begin to do messaging boards on fleet carriers then people can post all kinds of like uh, 
stuff that probably shouldn't be in Elite. You know what though? But they can already post that same stuff in system chat. So make a function where people can report it and say, hey, this guy just said something racist or this guy just, you know, I don't know, is screaming curse words. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, it's fair enough. There's already a profanity filter in Gamer that maybe should be able to catch a lot of it. Then as you post, maybe there you makes, go. then it would probably block those as well. Stuff like that, you could get around a lot of it. So that would be nice to have. Uh, it's just a message of the day kind of thing. So you would have a little message people could read with like your job schedule or something like that would be nice but i think for for i looking forward for where fleet care I mean, fleet care is always weird right because fleet carriers was supposed to be the thing that made squadrons make sense mm. without fleet carriers in their original uh format squadrons doesn't really make a lot of sense in elite i mean you, you get a little ticker next to your name and you get a system like a, a, a chat that very few people use and the ability to link bookmarks and that's it and, yeah, and you can share bookmarks that that's it so it's basically a bookmark sharing service. That is what it is. And it was supposed to be fleet carriers being the big thing that made squadrons make sense. And, and mm. then because of community feedback for tier changes to be a personal fleet carrier and not a squadron fleet carrier and, and then kind of left squadrons at this weird place. Um, I think going forward, the things I would really like to see for um, uh, for Odyssey would be some kind of concourse like we have on the stations. They could be it could be a smaller place, but a bit like hey, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna visit Kai's sleep carrier. I just wanna take a quick pop in and I wanna see his lobby. Basically, like a room. And you can decorate it with that. And you can buy decorations you can put in your fleet carrier, room, lobby, whatever, for arcs. Yes, I would throw like thousands of arcs at Frontier's Way if I could buy, hey, I wanted this little plant in the corner and then I want a screen here with, oh. with some whatever like that. And you could sit and you could post those up and it could be, it didn't have to be like full on base building where I could manually place it. It could just be a bit like we have with the bubble heads on, on the dashboard where there's like fixed positions and in each fixed position, you can put a thing. Mm -hmm. And then make like, I don't know, 20, 30 fixed positions around say, oh, there can be a rock here, and there could be floor decoration here, there could be a, be a what do I know, a, a wall decoration there, and there could be like wall colors, that kind of thing. Just so you or, have, you can personalize it, right? Or, you or your triple elite, a triple elite trophy. The big decal, uh, yeah, yeah, on the wall. So you have your triple elite decal, or you have your federation, or your empire decal, or your anti-sino decal, depending on what you're, what it does. I think it would be really cool, and it would make a social place for people to meet up when they are doing group events focused around the fleet carrier. Mm. Um, and there's the whole, you know, like a window so you could overlook the landing pads would also be, be really cool so you could sit up there and you could watch your friends come and go on the fleet carrier nice. and then doing jumps yes you would then the fleet carrier would go oh uh, we need to close the shutters for the window so you can't look outside because I don't I, mean, if, if, I can't see why else we wouldn't be able to look outside um while we're doing the jump uh, I think because that animation just doesn't exist and that's fair and if they don't want to make that animation just yeah have automatic shutters to just close the windows you can't look out and you're just stuck in this room where you can sit and you can look and uh, and then you can yeah be there and uh, have it as a as, as a little social space on uh, on your fleet carrier I mean I love doing these community trips where we take exploration trips on a fleet carrier and every time we do a stop you see like all the pads just light up and everybody comes out in their little ships and they fly around the fleet carrier um just you know to to yeah say hello to each other out in space and if they could do the same thing but in a social space i think that would be great absolutely and as i see commander maskimi 
ECC in the chat say, bonjour, Commander. Uh, for sure, include also a office for the fleet carriers uh, for where we can turn in our Vista Genomic. That would be necessary for explorers. Very, very important. That that is a, that's a no-brainer. That has to be a Vista Genomics module. Um, whether that should be included in the uh, in the cartographic data, so there's like an exploration module. Well, you could argue that that would be fair, but. At the very least, yes, there absolutely has to be a place where people can hand in their genomics data. I, I would like to I would like to get rid of my previous answer. Do not add a Vista Genomic Center. I would like to steal Astro's answer, which was better, and say, add Vista Genomics to the Universal Cartographic so that you only pay for it once and get them both. You're you're a smart man. If they have to increase the uh, the upkeep for it a little bit, uh, okay, so be it. I mean, if if you're fitting uh, universal cartographics, you are most likely going to fit Vista Genomics as well. Unless, of course, yeah, they would have to split it, wouldn't they? Because what about all the people who are not buying Odyssey? Why are they paying that, extra for you, a module? You don't. You just put it in the universal cartographics office and you pay no extra. Yeah, that would work. <laughs> I, to be honest, that however they want to slice and dice that, I would leave that up to Frontier. But some way of getting rid of that data out when you're out and about has to happen. Go ahead. But it, it opens up an interesting question because mm. what about all the fleet carriers that are now out in the middle of nowhere? If you have the universal cartographics, you just get the new extra little side office. They do both. That, that would solve it, yeah. But otherwise, you would have. Otherwise, all the fleet carriers, the whole DSSA, all the carriers in the deep space support array would have to come back to, <laughs> to I, administration systems to refit. <laughs> I would suggest this: that Frontier be kind, and from this point forward, whether it's the Vista Genomics or five years from now, they add a new module that does whatever. I would say from this point forward, whenever Frontier adds a new module to the game, they should allow all fleet carriers upon launch of the new service just to give them a one-time option to say, do you want to add this right now? We will add it no matter where you're at. I think that's very charitable. And I think that Frontier is known for their good customer service. And I think that this would be a perfect representation of that. Tweaked, your thoughts on fleet carriers? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I pretty much think they're pretty good now, but if you want to make them great, you guys named off a lot of ways to do it. I would add the multi-jumps. Uh, I should be able to either tell my NPC pilot, commanders, whoever they are on the fleet carrier, that I want to go to Colonia, and as long as I have enough tritium on board to do it, they can get me there while I'm at work the next day or something, or in the next couple of days, however long it's going to take. Or if I have a couple other guys for, with me from Opix and we're going on a deep space exploration. If I'm at work, I should be able to grant my squad mates permission to set jumps to be able to go places and, and allow them to jump while I'm not there so that we can make progress on our trip. I, I also think a bridge of some kind. I want to see my my all these people that I pay money to do their jobs. I want to see them walking around doing their jobs. I want to see my NPC pilot hanging out on on my fleet carrier uh, hell yeah i i absolutely think there needs to be a bridge so we can see a jump and i am totally down with a some type of spot whether it be a captain's cabin or a general as somebody said in chat a food court where if we're all going on a trip and we're just jumping and jumping and jumping we can all go down into the concourse and hang out together and i don't know play space cards or something who knows but hell yeah get hammered at the bar <clears throat> 
as they yeah yeah absolutely. so so in the marines we call the the chow hall the scarf and barf and uh they, they quite often there's a sign where it says eat it now taste it later yes absolutely we need chow halls on our fleet carriers <laughs> and the ability to play poker why not uh does anybody have anything else on fleet carriers before we move on i do have one other thing that Hit i it think it is really missing right now is why can I not tell when there's a strange commander parked on my fleet carrier before I jump? I should be able to go to a list somewhere and it'll tell me all of your ships are here and these three commanders are on board right now and go, oh, I might not want to jump 12,000 light years away then because they might not want to go there. That would solve a lot of problems. <laughs> and going back to the whole idea of a message board, you could have a message board saying, hey guys, we're leaving here on Friday at eight o'clock. We're going to be jumping 10,000 light years away. If you don't want to go there then get off here don't be here at friday at 10 o'clock okay <laughs> very quick little funny story that i have actually had a, a, a guy wrote to me i was moving my fleet carry out to uh, to the crystal shops and the, somebody wrote to me and said um when is the north star gonna be in the bubble again <laughs> because someone apparently moved in on uh, on north star after the colonial trip <laughs> and yeah then i moved it 1500 light years outside the bubble and they were suddenly stuck out there but control uh i see you've got a little uh message in the chat i think you went out of your way to get an all-female crew didn't you i think control wants to have like a ship's like a like a uh a, a ship's pool where he can sit there in a chaise lounge and watch his crew in bikinis run around. I like the greeting when I come home on mm -hmm. a long mission, and I just want to, hey, Commander, you got your, your pad. And I opted in and got an all-female crew. Uh, mm -hmm. All is purple. My ship is purple. And it's, it's just awesome. Well, you can enjoy that greeting, and then you can download Subverse, and you can get the sort of more extended greeting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but still, hey, I I would like to have this thing that someone said, like, hey, owner or commander, get your pad here, the VIP pad. It's it's my fucking FC. I paid a lot, and I yeah, grind it a lot. So, hey, give me that benefit, just getting yeah. that small thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that takes us to our next subject, which is Grindception. We've put this off for a couple of weeks, but we're getting to it now. There was an interesting thread, and it'll be in the show notes, that show you the numbers of what it takes to grind up suits and weapons and whatnot to get it to grade five. Now, looking at this grade five kinetic loadout, 224 manufacturing instructions, 108 weapon schematics, 174 compressed liquid gas, 330 tungsten carbides, 330 weapon components, 36 suit schematics, 37 health monitors, 36 power regulators, 110 titanium platings, 110 graphene. That's a total of 1,495 mats just to get the gear upgraded. That doesn't include the engineering because we haven't seen that. We don't know what that's going to be, but guarantee you it's going to be more mats. So there is a massive increase in the number of actual things it's going to take you to upgrade your gear. In addition to that, unlike in with ships, you can't swap your modules. So for some reason that I not fathom whatsoever, you need to have a silencer or suppressor for outside and a suppressor for inside. 
How the hell you need to suppress sound in space, I'll never understand, but you need two of them. And unlike your ship where you can say, I'm going to take off these Imperial hammers and in its place, I'm going to put in this plasma launcher. No, cannot do that. You have to, you have to build up two rifles and level them all the way up and gear them all the way up. And one of them is going to be the indoor silencer rifle. And one of them is going to be the outdoor silencer rifle because Frontier has decided you cannot switch those silencers on your weapons you just can't so you're getting double the grind let's keep in mind something that that i know my friend uh, down to earth astronomy put on his video with his summation of his alpha thoughts so when frontier first put out elite dangerous they had a pool of mats and so many people complained that it was such a pain in the balls that they said okay no no yeah it's really dumb that you can only have so many mats we're going to make it to where you can have so many of pharmaceutical isolators and so many of imperial shielding correct and then and then with odyssey they completely forgot that lesson that they learned over their customers being pissed off for years and said hey let's just go it back to the dumb way so you have a smaller source of materials that you can hold a much larger source of materials that are going to be required two levels of engineering the first level they're calling uh, upgrade and the second level they're calling engineering massive increased numbers of what's available and you can't swap modules this is to me a huge pain in the balls and again the thread is in the show notes for the the guy's thread that he he posted on here that explains the whole thing sort of top to bottom it is going to be a massive massive pain in the neck i call it grindception so we'll start with you astro and then go right on to tweak let's give us your thoughts on all this the materials as they were in the alpha was a little on the excessive side and just just to put this into perspective we were able to hold not in the suit on the ships so that's the maximum amount of materials or data you could hold for the new data materials 100 was the size of the global pool and you needed about 200 and something manufactured instructions for fully upgrading a suit that means you have to go out and go like first of all you need to to discard all the data you have and then you need to completely fill up on manufacturing instructions to the brim then you go and uh, do the first part of your upgrade then you go and you fill up again and do the second part of your upgrade and then you do it one more time and do it the third time that's a very hard grind <laughs> and i'm not afraid of a hard grind but that's that's a little intimidating for me um so First of all, individual storage so we don't have to scrap materials because that is annoying. And then I hope the numbers they put in there are hot numbers so they're going to dial that back a little bit because I kind of feel like that the 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 level upgrade that we could the upgrade we could do in the mm -hmm. uh, in the alpha should be relatively cheap so you can easily just get the five levels and this gives you a base upgrade it gives you some extra shield hit points on your suits and a little bit extra damage on your weapons oh That's god fine. you're scaring the hell out of me because if in the alpha that was cheap we are so fucked no no i said that should be cheap <laughs> yeah yeah I agree. i'm not saying it was far from i'm saying it should be and then make the the engineering like the specialized engineering part of it there that's where the bulk of the material should be um that also means for a new player you can very easily very quickly go and get a a a general suit that can a general suit a general weapon that can perform okay in the majority of missions because you just have the five level upgrade you don't have anything engineered on it yet because you haven't unlocked engineers yet but you can get there relatively quickly and be 
um, maybe not competitive, but at least you can do missions re with relative ease without getting killed too easily. Mm. Um, so I feel like those level upgrades should be relatively cheap and then have the engineering be where the bulk is. Um, where it is now, with, with, where you actually have to go out at least three times to fill up on just one of the materials. Uh, that is excessive, and I hope mm. that's going to be dialed back significantly before launch. Okay. Or they're going to make it easier to collect so we get three <coughs> materials at a time as we do with other materials in space. Interesting thing is, have question could then be, well, has Frontier specifically tried to gimp our project, uh, progression in the alpha because they didn't want us to necessarily get to the end suits um, that quickly because they also want to see how it works early. That could be a reason why they may have uh, increased it to, to the levels they are. Well, I mean, you've seen that thread, so it was possible to do. This guy just grinded till his eyes bled and got to a level four suit on an alpha that's going to get reset in a, like a week. Uh, Poor guy. Uh, and But I mean, thank God for him. I, I'm glad he did too, because these raw numbers are just disturbing, just massively disturbing. And I think I've been banging the drum for weeks, every week saying, this is not good gameplay. This is this is bad. This is suboptimal design and should be addressed. What do you, what do you think? And as I said, I think it's as excessive as it is right now, and I hope they're going to reduce the material requirements for um, um, for the general updates and uh, upgrades. Um, and of course, your idea also about please, you learned the lesson. It was a hard learned lesson, and you learned it already in, in Elite Dangerous. Let's not forget the lesson. Let's not have a pool of materials. Let's 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 separate it. That's a much better design. Individual storage. <coughs> yes, please. It's it's. Oh yeah, and also it's just. It's just as a new player when you come in and you say, so why do I have individual storage for this tab? But if I go to this tab, I have a pool. And then like all the players, oh, so this is because, and then, and, and mm. it just feels weird, I think. But in, in general, just, yeah, give us more stuff for our, for our materials because I was able to max out my, um, my, my data storage in a matter of an hour or two of playing. Mm -hmm. When you're when you're when you're farming hard, you can you can max out that 100 cap. But to be fair, these things with changing the numbers on uh, on how much things cost in terms of materials and mm -hmm. and that kind of thing has Very historically always it's easy to change and has always been the last thing Frontier does. They always put in hot numbers but for um, for alphas, and we've seen in the past that they've also put in numbers where they specifically put them way off what their final target was because they weren't sure what the final target was. Mm -hmm. um, so they would purposely put something in where everybody could see that, yeah, yeah this is this is not uh, this is not like where it's going to be when it comes out at the end. And I hope that's what they've done here as well, that they said, OK, we're just going to put them in high. We don't want people to progress too fast. But that's the point. That's the point of the show, though, Astro, is they're now at the point where they're done with the alpha and they're about to roll out the launch product. This is the time where we give the feedback to them. We get the community whipped up so that the community expresses their thoughts on the forums and streams and wherever. And then hopefully Frontier hears that and says, OK, let's dial this down a little bit. Because if they don't and it releases, that's way harder to make a turn. Now is the perfect time to steer the ship a little to the left or to the right to avoid that iceberg, you know? If they release this, then they show their hands. Because then they've because when they when they hit that release button on the 19th, then they have made a decision saying these numbers is what we think is mm -hmm. um is balanced and and correct um they cannot come afterwards and say, oh no, no we know this was too high we got to fix it later 
No, 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 no. You don't, you don't do that for a launch. So on the 19th, they should, Frontier's going to be forced to show their hands and show what levels they have come up with as being feasible in terms of material gathering. Um, and I just hope it's going to be quite a bit less than what it was, uh, what it was in uh, in the alpha. Absolutely. Tweak, your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of look at this a different way, and you, you just touched on it a little bit there. My first thought about this is, remember the fleet carriers. Remember how everybody was flipping out because they were going to be 12 billion credits or something, and, and then all the numbers got dropped drastically. I think we're seeing the same thing here. They, they start high so that when it releases lower, the fan base, the community is much happier. Tweaked, I swear to Christ, I swear to Christ, Tweaked, from your lips to God's ears, because if that's the case, I will come to you wherever you're at, kiss you right on the lips. <laughs> I just feel like that's what they're doing. They've, they've got precedent of doing it before. I think that's right. going to happen again. That being said, and while I don't love grinding necessarily i'm at a point in my uh, elite dangerous career i guess where i'm bored because i have nothing to grind for mm -hmm. so I, I i kind of feel like i mean well, the federal grind for your corvette was a hell of a grind if these numbers stay the same let me tell you something you're gonna be very happy because you're gonna have something to grind for for years yeah yeah well i'm i'm, I'm kind of a goal-oriented guy so when they put a goal in front of me if it's something that I want to accomplish. If there's a reward at the end of the rainbow that is worthwhile to me, I'll get it done. And if it provides me six months of game time to do it, then so be it. I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. That being said, I don't want it to be a ridiculous over the top, you know, stab yourself with toothpicks kind of grind either, but. Do you stab yourself with toothpicks sometime? Is this something we need to talk about off air? I feel like we need an intervention. That'll be later. Uh, again, check out this thread. I want to call out Commander the Riz, the R-I-Z. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal work. Big salute, Commander. I thank you. I'm sure the whole cast thanks you. And the, the players of Elite Dangerous should thank you for your service in this creating, going through this grind to make this thread to kind of open people's eyes up for what they're in for. And hopefully, you know, your work here is not wasted. Your work along with our voices, along with other people that have listened that will speak up themselves can can convince Frontier. Maybe it's time for a little tweak, just a little tweak, tweak right there on that. Community topic five, we're going deep here. Final thoughts on Odyssey post uh, uh, alpha. So the alpha is completely wrapped up. We've seen it all. There was bits of the alpha that were um, super interesting. There were bits of the alpha that were super frustrating and underwhelming. I'll be honest with you. I did not launch the game for Alpha 4. I was just like, uh, I'm over this. And what like they said straight up on the stream, the whole purpose of Alpha 4, the reason why it was only scheduled for two days to start is we just want to see if it'll move the data tables over and not crash the game. So it's like, no difference of where we can go you know okay yes you brought all your ships but i saw plenty of people's videos with their ships and it looks awesome and that's great but i, I was kind of like i'm gonna go see that when the game launches and yes as, as i'm seeing people say in the chat a lot of people felt like the one thing that was in this really that they showed us was the fps and the fps was average it was okay I think that's all it's supposed to be though. I don't think I don't think they were ever trying to make the FPS top tier FPS. Yeah, yeah, that's not yeah. what it's about. My thoughts on the Odyssey Alpha, number one, I feel like they should have done that stream with Dr. K and Pierce before it started instead of at the end of 
you know, why we were waiting for phase four, because that would have adjusted people's expectations a lot. Number two, I don't think they should have charged for an alpha when they didn't do an alpha. This was not an alpha. This was a focused testing. They specifically were like, we're going to test this, this, and this. This is what we're interested in testing. But what you charge people for, you're going to get to play the game, which you got to play the game with sort of very strict parameters. And I think that when you're going to charge money and you're going to sell people a hot dog, when then you switch it up and give them a corn dog, maybe people will be okay with that. Maybe they won't. What you need to do is you need to tell them what they're buying when you sell it to them, not pay me money now and months from now, you know, because that shit went on sale in what, November? Pay me money now. And then three months from now, we're going to give you a different product than what we sold you by the labels and hope you're okay with it. And I think that was suboptimal. I think we got confirmation again that the the leak, the quote unquote leak from, from damn near a year ago at this point was accurate with all the stuff where we're seeing in Odyssey when you run around that you're getting building schematics. Well, base building was at one point on the roadmap. It's not now. I know they said it's not now, but it sure as hell was at one point. Uh, in the, that leak was called the whole thing, called it Project Watson. You know, God lover Dr. K about eight times in the stream screwed up and said, Watson, I mean, uh, Odyssey. That leak was legit as fuck. I believe it. I am a I am a believer of it. You know, that's my, my thought. Some things changed. I think that, you know, I've said it clearly. I think that we've got Odyssey half-baked. I don't even think it's a finished product. I don't think it will be a finished product for six months or so, if we're lucky. But I think that the bare bones that they have are decent. That it could be built into something good if they take the time and effort to build it that way. And do not, do not, do not, for the love of Christ, do not just keep chasing the fps your fps is never going to be top tier it's very cool and very serviceable as part of a galaxy simulation let that be enough because you're not going to get the rest um i i i'm not going to say who but i heard on another podcast this week somebody make the comment about well i think at least alpha odyssey will be a good rollout it'll be a better rollout than fleet carriers because they're doing all of this focus testing and i thought to myself where the hell do you get your information let me tell you something fleet carriers were a complete product that they tested and then they did do a good stress test they did a phenomenal stress test they had everyone in the game including console players able to buy fleet carriers for like a million credits or some shit they basically made them free for the last what was it a week two days five days something they made fleet carriers practically free for everyone in the entire game on every platform to buy it for next to nothing so that they could stress test the living fuck out of it and they did a phenomenal stress test on that and even then we saw when fleet carriers rolled out it had a lot of bugs and problems because not because frontier is bad or not because frontier is dumb or because frontier is lazy but because this is a complicated as fuck game and when you roll out something that big you're gonna have problems no matter what but frontier completely stress test that product and completely beta tested that product as opposed to what we're getting with odyssey which is a much more complicated drop that has been much less tested we haven't even seen half of the functions they're telling us is there so that's my thoughts on odyssey and on, on the alpha thus far astro your thoughts the alpha was very much focused around the uh, the on foot how much more than the on foot like the, fir the first person shooter part of it i should say um how much more than is the first person shooter i'm not so sure but i i hope that now they focused on the shooty shooty 
part of Odyssey for the initial release, and I hope they're gonna add more things that um, that caters more towards the existing crowd. Because I actually, I, I don't know, I don't think that if you ask before Odyssey, you ask how many people in the in the League Dangerous community wanted a first-person shooter out of Odyssey. Um, I feel like a lot of the player base are more. Um, like the, they could have done so much more on the exploration side. They could have done so much more on uh, so many different scavenging, aspects. hacking, scavenging, mm-hmm. uh, hacking, like finding, uh, yeah, finding crashed ships in in more interesting ways than them showing up as in as land a mining. Yeah, hand mining on the surface, hand mining in in caves. There could have been so much stuff they could have done on the surface that didn't Chip roll around. That didn't roll around you going to a base and shoot people. Um, or go anywhere else and shoot people. Mm. Um, and so I, I hope we're gonna see a lot more of that, or at least they're gonna add a lot more in the in like that caters towards what I would consider the the like the, the quote unquote original elite crowd. Um, I can definitely see that having weapons that go PP when people dying in front of you is it looks very good on promotional materials, but I'm not necessarily sure if this is what the general part of Elite is interested in. Um, don't get me wrong, I think a lot of people will have a lot of fun with FPS, um, but uh, we'll see We'll see how it goes. I hope they're gonna be saying, okay, shooty part of it is good enough, because it is, it is good enough. It, mm-hmm. It's not It's not a dedicated, super, um, the best first person shooter ever made, but it's good enough for, for what it's being used for. And I now hope they're gonna move their attention over and look more into uh, to other game loops in, uh, um, in Elite because they are really lacking um, on the other aspects, I think. All right, Tweak, take us home real quick. Give us your final thoughts on the Odyssey post-alpha. All right, Odyssey post-alpha. All being said, did they do some things possibly wrong? Sure, it wasn't perfect, but I'll go back again. It played. Before the alpha dropped, we were all wondering that with all the delays and, and you know delay after delay after delay, we're like, is this even, are they having real problems making this work? We saw it working. You're running around. You're shooting things and and I totally disagree I think what they're trying to do with Odyssey is they're trying to advance the story of Elite Dangerous the story is not I fly around in my ship and never get out the story is I fly in my ship I do the CZs I go kill some pirates I do space trucking but then I get out of my ship and I walk around and somebody tries to shoot me and I shoot him first and stuff like that so it's expanding the story in that regard I think it worked Better than it did not. Better than I've seen other space sim, quote unquote, games, per se, working in their 10-year alpha or beta or whatever it's in at this point. I really think it's got, it's a great base to create a spectacular DLC for this game. I just, everybody is kind of down on it at this point, but I'm I'm kind of up. I mean, the, the, the planet tech that Dr. K showed us shows so much more variety. And some yeah. of the things that Davstot said on that stream on Thursday pointed towards more variety in the settlements, which is a big thing, which could lead to other things that need some variety. I just think it's a great base where people can, where they can expand upon as time goes on. First off, Tweak, let me just say, watch your mouth when you talk shit on Scar- Star Wars Squadrons. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> All right. All right. All all kidding aside, you make good points as to how this is continuing the development of Elite, sort of the long-term development plan. And that's the perfect segue to take us to our next segment, which is your moment of brave control. 
Hit it up. All right, guys. This is the thing where he talks about development, and then we're going to talk about, we'll get everybody's opinions, and then we'll cut Astro loose to go get some rest, or he can, you're welcome to stay as long as you like. Hello, I'd like to start off by thanking everyone who's already pledged to Kickstarter. It's an amazing number of people um, who've already pledged, and to those who are watching, you know, come and join us. Uh, we're already having fun with this project. It's going to be a great ride. We're very excited about it. This game has to be made. Now, um, what I want to talk about now is the plan for development, and also to sort of own up and discuss some of the things that we've not been discussing on the forums up to now. So, um, the first thing is this game is has an absolutely amazing scope looking forward in time and we've been we've been looking at it and how we how we achieve it for a long time it's a sort of game that that terrifies the pants off publishers um, because the scope is so broad but having said that we're a long way down the line in achieving what we need to do and we've got we've got the foundations already and what we're looking at now is how we build on them so the idea with this is we've looked at the game we've looked at what the game is that we need to be able to achieve what we want. We've also looked at where it can go after the first release. And that's what we've been talking about a lot. Now, one of the questions people have been asking a lot about, for example, is landing on planets. Now, yes, we're going to have landing on planets, but there is a lot of detail that that's re on that that's really important. So, for example, if you were to then have a follow-up question, what will be there when you land on the planet? That's what's been concerning us a lot. If you imagine every planet when you get down to the surface is just a differently coloured height map, that would be very, very disappointing, even with lovely atmospheric effects. Uh, what I want to see down on the planet is, is interesting things, cities, scapes, even animals, life, trees, um, being a big game hunter, all of the things that we've been very, very excited about for a long time, we want to be able to realise. And the amount of work to create those things is so huge we want to do it properly. What's really important is we do each of these things really well. So that will that sort of thing will not be included on day one. Um, we don't want it to be a, a dull experience where you just go down, you get essentially exactly the same experience wherever you land. So when we first release the game, um, you will not be able to go down to the planet's surface. Your ship won't be suitably equipped. Um, we will show some sort of re-entry effect, but we won't be able to go all the way down to the planet's surface. But we have designed the game with that capability in mind going forward. And at a later date, we will gradually add more and more functionality to allow you to do that. The game richness will gradually increase. Another example that we've built into the structure of the game is um, ship interiors. Now, a lot of people have seen, you've seen that we're designing all the ships with the interiors in mind, how the cargo is unloaded, all of that sort of thing, uh, how damage occurs. And that's because that another thing that we are doing um, again down the line is that you will be able to walk around inside your ship you'll be able to get out of your ship walk around inside space stations other vehicles all of that sort of thing um, we've shown um, the damage on the ship the damage models imagine looking at that from inside the ship outwards seeing your cargo flying out into space seeing the flames trying to fight them um, all of those things that we plan with time, they won't be at the first release because we want to do them right. We want to do them well. Um, all of these will be done as updates. And I'll, I'll talk some more about that in a second. But the point really is that we want to do it well, but the game has to be structured in a way to allow it from the start. So we're designing the ships so that they work that way. And so that when we come to do it, it's not a problem. When we come to show 
all of these elements walking around the ships, walking into other people's ships potentially, potentially stealing them, we have got in mind all of the things, all of the gameplay, the really rich gameplay that that entails. And it's, you know, to go back to what I've been saying right from the start of this Kickstarter, what is the game I want to play? This is the game I want to play. Because actually, in many ways, it doesn't feel like a game. It feels like a world that I'm being brought into. And with each of these um, subsequent updates, we expect that world will get richer and richer and more and more of the things that we are excited about will be there. You know, you will be able to walk around the spaceport. You will be able to see gold being loaded into someone else's ship. You will be able to sneak in and hide in amongst the cargo. All of those things are phenomenal gameplay opportunities um, where that ship might actually be the ship of another player. So just think where that all ends. You know, all of these things I think we need to do right. It would be very easy to do them very poorly and that would be my fear. So these things will not be there at day one. What will be there at day one is a great game that we've already described where all of those things, those fantastic things we were doing in, in Elite and Frontier that we love will be there. It's just the things that we want to extend on, we want to extend on really well. We want them to be compelling. Now, I think they will be compelling, and that's what all the design discussion forums that we've already talked about, that they're there at the... Um, different pledge levels are therefore to do to work out which we do first of these things. If you like, each of these are stretch goals and one of the things that we're looking at doing is actually saying that they won't happen on day one even if we hit the stretch goals but they will happen with time, um, sometime after release and these are other things that will be in the mix including support for other platforms. We've already said that we very much like to go on um, other platforms like Macintosh and there are others too um, that are very exciting going forward. But I think the important thing for me is that we do each section of the game right. Um, we do it in a way that doesn't cause problems for the players. We do it in a way that builds on what we've, ha what we've had before. And to me, that's what really matters in the game, um, that it is the game that we all want. Um, and I think this is the way that we achieve that. Uh, this is what makes me really excited. It means that we... What can happen with all of these things is they can create unnecessary delays as well. We think, oh, we can't go now because the such and such a planet isn't right yet. What we can do, and I think is perfectly acceptable to do, is close off areas until we're happy that that's great. So there's another part of this plan is we are planning to reserve as a percentage tiny areas of the galaxy for future expansion. We don't even know yet what we're going to put there, but it allows us to put whole new exciting things to be discovered. Um, at a later date. If you f get there as an exploring player, what will happen is it will just, it will say, oh, oh, you can't go here. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that map these regions <laughs> with time and produce maps of where there's a, a, a sort of a, 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 a cutout that's been reserved for something exciting in the future. But ironically, that's all part of the excitement. You know, we, we have that. You know, we're, we're, we're planning for that now. And what we will do with time, as this game builds, as it's, it becomes something that, that people want to spend a lot of time in, they'll say, well, ooh, that must be, a, must be another race, you know, what's going to be there? And of course, there will be a lot of gameplay that flows from that. These are the things, these are the reasons that I want us to make this game. These are the reasons that make me very, very excited. A lot of people here have already part of this. A lot of the people here have pledged very, very generous amounts of money, and that is really, really appreciated. It's making this project possible. A lot of people are watching in the wings, are very, very excited about that too. 
come and be a part of it. There will be lots of things. Being one of the original Kickstarters will, will be fantastic for you. We will all be together on the Alpha and the Beta. We'll all be part of this journey. Come and join us. It's going to be a really exciting ride. Thank you very much. All right. So that was David Braben talking about the development process. And obviously, uh, you know, it's just great seeing David talk. That was from the Kickstarter days. So that was some time ago. But I personally am a fan. I, I absolutely love David Braben. Uh, when you see him talk, his interest and his love of the game is absolutely real and palpable. And his excitement is I just think amazing. So big fan of David Braben myself and love all of this. From a purely selfish standpoint, I kind of almost wish that Frontier was just making one game and it was Elite Dangerous. I don't want to share David with all of the other products. David has now had to move upstairs to the big boss room and while he still oversees everything, he is not the lead developer for Elite Dangerous anymore. Now it's been passed off. It was first passed off to Michael Brooks, who I think did a superb job to it before, on it rather, before he moved on to uh, work in, now he plays with dinosaurs, uh, with Jurassic, whatever that is, Jurassic, uh, whatever, park, and and world, whatever. And uh, then it was Lawrence for a while, and now the lead developer for, or the game manager, producer, whatever, for Elite Dangerous is Pierce. Um, uh so yeah, Pierce Jackson, and that's where we're at with this. Now, obviously you heard him talk there and, and, and the things that he said, some of which have come to pass, some of which have not yet. So I would like to get your guys' opinion on that, that video. How do you see the development of Elite coming along and what, what ways do you feel like it's chugging right along on schedule and what ways do you feel like it's fallen behind and what ways do you think like, I don't know if it's ever going to go do this or do that. Let's start with you, Tweet. Yeah, well, he's, he brought up a few things that people have been begging for, especially of late, the ship interiors. I mean, it seems like we're going, we're, we're still moving forward in the general direction of David Braben's baby here. I mean, Elite is his baby. And, and we're now at the point where we're getting out of our ships and walking around. And I think somewhere down the line, we'll see he's going to push it forward. That's, that's why I'm confident in Elite Dangerous, because I believe David Braben, as long as he is here, then then he's going to keep pushing this forward so i think we'll see some of that stuff now the, watching your cargo fly out on fire from inside the ship stuff like that i don't know if we'll ever get to that kind of a point but one can dream yeah it's 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 nice to go back and see these older older videos you can see that um like, I, I think really you can see brayden he really like he actually cares for this project. Um, passion. And, Pure uh, yeah, passion. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he has so many... I mean, this is like, just when we are sitting here, we could sit and discuss like, oh, where we wanted to see Elite in like five or ten years, if we, if we could like put down the line for Elite. Yes, a lot of the things you're saying, we'd love to see those. And I'm absolutely sure that um, that this is still things that, that they want to put in, but it's also a matter of things take time. And as Elite grows, it becomes more and more complicated. Um, 
there are more and more things to take into consideration. Um, some of the things, like um, what he, he talked about, like fully atmosphered planets with uh, with trees and cities, and uh, mm. uh, you could be a big game hunter. I don't see that coming to the league anytime soon. I think mm. ship interiors is much more likely, um, and I've, I've always been a little skeptical about ship interiors because I couldn't really see how much gameplay it would add. Um, but after talking back and forth with some people, I actually think that they, they could add some um, some secondhand gameplay around ship interiors. Like oh yes, if if you, if you have the fully interiored ships. You could have a crash type nine on a planet, and your job is to go in and get the little data thingy from 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 somewhere in the in on the bridge, and you have to navigate your way through the ship, and it could I don't know been infested by pirates or whatever. Dude, um, not just not just crash on a planet. What about right now? You get distress calls from a type nine that says we're out of fuel. Give us fuel. What if you got a distress call from a type nine? You get there. It's the automated distress beacon. You EVA over to that ship and come in and maybe it's empty and just needs repairs. Maybe it's to be looted. Maybe it has data on it. Or maybe there's someone in there that's not friendly that wants to go ahead and punch your ticket. Or people you can you could could either decide to yeah, you could go you could find maybe like the crew managed to uh, uh, to survive the crash and you could uh, then make the call and you're gonna um, shoot them uh, shoot them on site and say mm, mm. everybody died on site and you're gonna okay, now I have loot or you're gonna save the people and bring them back uh, home to a station somewhere where they are safe and 100%. then you could so, so there is all that just and that's just a crashed ship all that uh, like what, uh, what I would call secondhand gameplay that's not directly the ship interiors themselves but just the fact that it's there it enables a lot of things that's 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 really cool Mm. And I hope that that's something we're going to see someday. And I think it's great to see. I can go back and watch these old videos and think, oh yeah, right. So so like yeah, the scope when they started was absolutely massive, was absolutely huge, um, and it's been reduced quite a bit. But it also just reminds reminds me that there is still a lot of potential for what you can do in terms of future additions to Elite. Um, and I I hope and believe that Odyssey is not the uh, is not the end. There's going to be something else let me point out something i mean obviously we've said in the last couple of weeks several things like you know you can put a science office a science bay in your ship where you do stuff where like if i just go out and point my plant gun at a plant and then beep i scan it okay boom i get whatever but just the same way as you can honk in a system and get one payout for honking it but then if you do the mini game for you know fss scanning you get more of a payout and then you do the second mini game for dsss scanning you get a higher payout what if you point your plant gun at a plant you collect the data you get payout a but if you take it back to your ship where you have a science bay and you do some one round of testing on it you get payout b and if you do a second round of testing on it or do it at a better rate more proficient do whatever with the mini game find uh, other examples of that plant in in neighboring or similar plants in neighboring star systems different genetic mutations or find it on an ice world find it on a rocky world find it on a whatever you could get payout c like a i think a science lab is an obvious no-brainer for inside the ship on top of that a med bay a no-brainer for in type uh, inside a ship uh, a captain quarters where you can put your own personal stuff like we were talking about with the fleet carrier and they could just make all of the monies you know 
here's $30 for a fucking robot or, 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 or for a little dog in a spacesuit that sits in your apartment. Shut up and take my money. Every, every you know, uh, uh, on top of that, uh, okay, here is uh, a, uh, a, a brig where you can catch a guy doing bounty hunting type stuff. You throw him in the brig and take him back or uh, a, a, you know, cargo bay or engineering stuff where you can do some advanced engineering on your ship or repairs or uh, let's, let's not, you play along with me, Astro, I know you play Star Citizen. So let's not overlook the fact that just walking in your ship by itself is a fucking gameplay loop. Don't tell me it's not. Anybody who plays Star Citizen that's walked around in their ship or driven a rock, an ROC, which is their version of an SRV, inside of the ship and you got to try to park it in there just right that is a gameplay loop in and of itself even if you do nothing else yeah I'm just yeah, learning learning the, the whole like park park your little uh, ground vehicles correctly <laughs> in the in the bay so that it doesn't block uh, exits and that kind of thing that and and i've been doing a lot of uh, of mining in uh, in star citizen and the, without going into too much detail the the, the basic is you you would often mine in one ship transport it to a place do refinery and then transport the refined materials to the final cell location in a separate ship that has more cargo and there is actually a quite a bit of i get quite a bit of joy when i take all that cargo that i spent a couple days mining and i put it in a ship and i walk in and i walk through the cargo bay of that ship and i can see all the boxes sitting there in the ship filling up my cargo holders like yeah i mined all that and now i'm gonna go and i'm gonna hope the server stay online for long enough to wait to get to the cell location <laughs> I mean, look at look at the idea of saying, okay, I, now I can see my refinery bay and I go down there. And if I just mine it and I don't even have Odyssey, then I get X amount for refinery. But if I go down and play the refinery mini game, I can up that by 30% yield or 20% yield or something. Like there are so many loops that can be put into ship interiors. It's just begging for it in my opinion. Ship interiors also, all of that that you just said would also add a game loop of you see a derelict anaconda floating in space and you fly your SLF over, land on it and scavenge that. It would open up so much, so many possibilities. Oh, oh here's, here's an interesting thought. What if you had, now that we're talking mining, so if you have an extra mining loop that's in the refinery, multi-crew with one of your friends. <laughs> one of you is sitting in the main ship, firing your mining lasers, collecting the rocks just as we do today, and then someone else is running around like a little hamster in, in your in your cargo or your refinery, whatever, and and takes all that ore that you mine with the lasers and they run it through a, a separate refining process to um, to get higher value materials out of it or compression process so it takes less cargo so it's more valuable or something like that so you can carry more, whatever, something like that. So you add a multiplayer aspect to it. I mean, you could, if you wanted to, just park your ship anywhere in a station and then go down and do the refining yourself when you're done. Mm. But if it could be something people could do while you are mining, I think that could be a, a really cool way. And, and you could have similar game loops um, with, with uh, similar like ideas of having like support tasks done by uh, by other players. Um, it for the game loops, I think that could be uh, could be really cool. Captain Ply in the chat just put two words, so a feeling that I've had for for a while now. We need more civilian jobs and modules for our ships. I'm sick of combat. I think there's a good amount of players in Elite Dangerous that are super stoked with combat and love the new FPS stuff and love the new you know whatever. But I think just as much, if not vastly more. There are players that sort of would agree with myself and with Captain Ply here and say, 
yeah, I want more science. I want more NASA and Star Trek and less fucking, uh, uh, what's the, the one with the big bugs where they fly? Starship Trooper. I want more Star Trek and NASA and less Starship Trooper. Or at least if you have the Starship Trooper there for people that want the Starship Trooper, but have the NASA there for the rest of us who want it. You know, they can make that choice. Don't force us to just do combat as the only sort of meaningful, meaningful thing. Tweet, your, your thoughts on this whole development thing and all this stuff. You you hopped in on the ship interiors, but on the larger point, I want your opinion. Well, uh, it's, it's kind of hard. I mean, I don't know. The developing, they've been doing a great job. I mean, let's break Elite down at its core, Elite Dangerous down at its core. And even with all the things, all the potential that it has, it is still a very unique game out there. Developing this game has been a long project. It's been hard. It's been a lot of work for them. And and they've left a lot of stuff on the table. But all in all, it's a spectacular game. And I think they're going to be able to develop it further. I, I really do. I just, I don't think it's going away. Uh, to Astro's comment earlier, we need a roadmap so that players that know that this is a seven-year-old game or whatever it is now know it's not ending anytime soon. Uh, I, I totally believe that. It's not. It's This is just the beginning, kind of. We're still, as you saw Lord Braven speaking there, he was spewing out all of these passionate ideas that he has. He's still banging the drum in the back room trying to get this stuff done. I mean, when those videos came out, those were very ambitious ideas to think about for a video game. There's a reason none of that stuff is in any other video game that's available to us right now. And the fact that Elite is getting so close on certain aspects of it is a good sign for things to come. I would love to see a, a module where you go in your ship and you do archaeology. You go out and you study these ruins and then you come back and you check your etchings and you, you carbon date shit and you do stuff. I would love to see a module where you come back to your ship and you do mineralogy. You're studying the rocks, you're studying the, the mineral samples or whatever and that gives you, you know, some data that can then take it back to a station and sell the mineral rights for X Planet. Remember, there was a whole thing uh, in Babylon 5. Uh, Sinclair had a girlfriend who, was it Sinclair or was it when they switched over? I, I, one of the captains had a girlfriend, uh, some Asian chick that she was like, her thing was she flew around to different planets and like checked mineral rights and stuff and then sold them to large companies. And she was doing, she was there at Babylon 5 doing a negotiation, whatever. Imagine you go down and you do your DSS scan. First you honk the system, then FSS the system, and then you DSS the system. You know, when you FSS, you say, oh, these planets have these minerals, okay. And then you DSS it and you map it, and then you go down and maybe you take, I don't know, rock samples or core samples from, you know, eight different sites on the planet. And then you take that back to your mineralogy, your science lab, where you do some game of something. Catherine Sakai, thank you, Wintermute. You do some mini game of something and you take that information and go and, and, and uh, you know, sell that to a, a place for a lot of money for the mineral rights. Or yeah, Captain Picard had his girlfriend Vash that was like a archeologist slash fucking looter who would sell stuff for the money or whatever. Like uh, the idea of going to, once we get planets that have, you know, sort of more earth-like world and they have like lots of more plants or whatever, the ability of going to a, a, a plants that had grasslands or forests or whatever and, and taking samples of stuff for 
you know, for the 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 raw material or for for crop growing food purposes or for whatever, like the ability to interact and do some pseudoscience of some kind on these planets. Something other than there's a guy, I shoot him in the face. Something a little more thoughtful, a little higher level. I think these could all be cool. Does anybody have anything else on the David Braben development thing before we move on and, and hit all of the videos and stuff for the night? All right, hearing hearing none. I know at some point during these videos, I'm gonna say goodnight now to Astro because at some point while we're playing these videos, he's gonna check out. It's like four in the morning there and he's got, uh, his, his wife is already asleep and he's supposed to be waking up soon to do a long drive on a trip. So thank you so much for joining us, Astro. Always phenomenal. I would pimp your shit, but who am I kidding? A thousand times more people listen to you than us. But it's still in the show notes. We'll have your stuff. We have quite a few people here today, actually. Yeah, Pretty yeah. Showing. Awesome. Like, great. Thanks for having me. I'll be, uh, I'll be heading some, uh, getting some sleep now. Thanks, and brother. Be well. So let's get to the rest of the videos and stuff for the week. Right off the bat, we got Burger Ant with Hands FDL Nerd Tournament Championship Roundup. The link is in the show note. As as always, Burger Ant is amazing. I'm going to be talking, sitting down, I think, with him on Sunday. We're going to have a little chat for next week's show. We got to pre-record because, unfortunately, Burger Ant works on Friday nights. But uh, we're definitely going to bring that to you because he's fucking amazing. So you should watch his stuff and you should subscribe or don't. He doesn't fucking care. In addition, we've got Commanders Will and Kate, the scale of Cutter's stairs finally revealed. Link is in the show notes. Go check out their channel. We've got a couple videos by Commander Masky Me ECC, who is live with us in the chat. Phenomenal, phenomenal person. Great, great videos. First off, he's got EDO Alpha. It is from the Perseus Reach Discoveries Week 2 with a new POI discovered. It is phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. In addition, he did one on EDO Alpha Phase 4, meeting Liz Ryder in person. Here's basically the situation. The way that Frontier sort of blocked us off so that we couldn't get anywhere was they permit locked the entire galaxy except for the 50 light years around where we were at. What they forgot to do was factor in the fact that we had permits that we already had unlocked for certain systems, including Liz Ryder's home that you had to get through the Arabia Blue Mafia. So some, some commanders went and got to see these places. So that is one of the great videos that Commander Masky Me did. Uh, so huge salute to you, sir. And the one, like I said, that you're seeing on the screen right now is another one, which was one that he did from the Perseus Reach video. Go check out those both of those videos. The links are in the show notes. Go check out his stuff. Subscribe to his channel. He puts out phenomenal content. He does great videos. He does great pictures. The French community in Elite Dangerous is not getting enough respect lately. Commander Eskimi is one of those people. Remlock Industries is a whole group. They do phenomenal, phenomenal stuff and deserve our love and support. So go check him out, subscribe. Let's boost his numbers. In addition, we've got Commander Hollow Point, Lead Dangerous Odyssey Alpha Engineers Visit, visits uh, Marco Quint and Tiana Fortune on foot. Same thing that I just said from before. Now, who knows if that was just sort of done for the Alpha where they put them to the side there and later they're, they're planning on changing them and moving them or if they're always going to have a weird little thing where you get off the ship from your landing pad and their office happens to be right there. Kind of reminds me of the thing of, uh, remember from season, was it one or two? of uh the the mandalorian where he landed on mos eisley and that chick with the three robots came out and 
you know, was just right there. It's kind of cool stuff. I dig it. Also, we've got uh, a bunch of videos from Commander Dragonfire, Elite Dangerous Odyssey, new fleet carrier jump effects. Very, very, very cool. New Elite, uh, uh, new Guardian SLF Lance damage effects. New Guardian SLF Trident damage effects. Black Hole Concept Mashup. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Go check it out. He also does phenomenal pictures. He does really, really good images. You can see them in the Elite Week Discord image slideshow. You can also see them on his Twitter. It is good shit. So check it out. A link is in the show note. That is the Artemis Biological Survey trailer from the DSN. Which takes us to... Commander Exorcist, Elite Dangerous out there, season three, episode six, and Elite Dangerous out there, the best of season one. Both of those videos are out. If you haven't seen, you know, Commander Exorcist stuff, both of the links are in the show notes. Go check out his entire channel, all of his stuff. It is all very, very choice. Commander Exorcist is one of the top creators, in, in my opinion. It's just my opinion, whatever. But one of the top creators of uh the spvfa phenomenal pictures phenomenal videography just great stuff and absolutely needs to be celebrated after that that takes us to our odyssey alpha evaluation we've got an article from pc gamer elite dangerous odyssey enters its final alpha phase looking worse for wear link is in the show notes you can read it if you want um they make the opinion or they ha are of the opinion that it is uh severely underwhelming and you know what i can't really argue with them as it stands now if you judge odyssey from what you saw in alpha i think it would be very underwhelming but i have faith that we're going to see a little bit better on may 19th than what we saw in alpha and i think we're going to see way better a year from now as frontier continues to fill it out with the sort of content I, I i think it's going to get better so check out the article if you want pc gamers not high on it but we'll see what what you think the proof is in the pudding and in the end honestly i don't think the pudding is going to be great on may 19th but i think it's going to be great eventually so if you're okay with that i'm okay with that if you're okay with that fine if you're not maybe if you see on may 19th that you're not happy with the pudding go play something else for a little while and then come back to it you don't pay a monthly fee come back to it when it's better. Commanders Will and Kate Alpha Phase 4. Uh, they put out a video for about a half hour. This is a good video because uh, everybody else put out sort of summation videos and they're like, hey, it's like a five minute video and here's what I thought of this or here's what I thought of that. Here's my thoughts overall. Will and Kate, uh, you know, they didn't put out a video that was like, here's our thoughts overall and like, you know, how I feel about it. It's more just here's a hundred different things and this part I liked and here's why. This part I didn't like and here's why. It was more into the nitty gritty of the details of the stuff so check that out the eradicator put out a video uh he is a star citizen content creator that summed up his thoughts on elite dangerous odyssey i want to call out his video because i've seen a couple other star citizen content creators that kind of put out a shitty look on uh odyssey i think uh, i don't know the people so i'm not going to judge them but let's just say that i think that there might have been some impetus for some people that were star citizen creators to put out a sort of score points with their fan base by putting out a video that was shitty to Elite Dangerous unfairly. Uh, and two content creators from the Star Citizen crowd that I thought were very fair with their coverage of Elite Dangerous were The Eradicator and Dig That. You know, Dig That is an alt content creator of, of Elite Dangerous. 
and is now more focused on Star Citizen, but he did not put out a shitty score points by shitting on Elite uh, a series of videos. He put out some good stuff, so go and check those out. Absolutely unquestionable, in my opinion. The best content creators for Elite Dangerous, Down to Earth Astronomy, who just left to go to bed, so he's not hearing me say good things about him, but, you know, he's still good. He put out, Things Need to Change Before Odyssey is Live. My feedback. It's the title of the video. In it, he talked about the lighting is a problem, material storage being pooled is a problem, performance in general is a problem, although that one, Frontier has been very quick to say, we are optimizing this, it's going to be way better, so we'll see on May 19th. There needs to be a keybind search bar. You've got hundreds and hundreds of keybinds. At this point, there needs to be a search bar at the top, so you can just type in FSS mode. And then it'll pull up where the keybind is for that because people are hunting everywhere. Uh, the collision damage is being calculated many multiple times in some cases, other cases not. It's a very inconsistent problem, but he showed in the code where you hit an asteroid and one time you, t you lose half a ring and the next time it explodes your ship from full rings because it's sometimes it'll apply the damage once, sometimes it'll apply the damage eight times. It's having weird loops and stuff. The UI menus. Hmm. Landing gear is poorly modeled. And since that's the one thing we're going to be seeing, you know, because you walk right next to the landing gear and stand there in the blue circle, when it's right in your face that it's like, hey, wait a second, this whole leg doesn't even touch the foot. It's like hovering three feet off there. That's weird. Um, and we should walk up those ramps. At the very least, put the circle there right in front of the door. Let us walk up the ramp and hit the circle. Uh, duplicate keybinds can't be set uh, to the same keys. So your camera suite when you're on foot is different than when you're in the ship or the SRV or the SLF and, and they conflict. You can't use them together. Bookmarks need love. These are all things that Down to Earth Astronomy pointed out. Um, you know, for sure, check that out because it's good stuff. Commander Burr put out EDO Alpha, what I think of it. In it, he marked the lack of the sphere of combat sort of being demonstrated, noted a lack of fun in some places and hopes that they will, with regard to exobiology, science it up a bit. That's a direct quote and lose the Twitch play. He talked about, uh, you know, uh, branding and naming it Alpha was sort of a bit of a mistake, uh, hoping that Frontier uh, was keeping something back. Entering and exiting the ship is extremely disappointing. He was curious uh, what, if anything, new is coming in space and noted uh, the uncertainty of what will come next. As we talked about, I think there's there's a strong group of people that believe that uh, a uh, roadmap would be good. Um, Obsidian Ant, he put out, oh, just a quick note. Uh, in this week's Witch Space News, Burr talked about the possibility of new ships on Odyssey launch. You know, in response, we played you the video of Art less than a month ago on a stream. So he knew it was public when he said it, saying no new ships are planned at this time, maybe in the future. Can't talk about it, but not at this time. Um, I think if we were going to get a new ship on Odyssey launch, for him to make that statement would be past reckless. I, I don't think we're getting a new ship on Odyssey launch, but I don't know. We'll see. Obsidian Ant put out a video, Elite Dangerous Odyssey Alpha Final thoughts an average update with potential to he listed many of the problems that we talked about uh from from the other content creators as well basically i feel like a lot of the feeling that i'm getting from people is that they're underwhelmed at this time with odyssey now may 19th could bring shocks for all of us and i don't think that it's gonna I think we're going to be fairly underwhelmed with Odyssey on May 19th, but I honestly do believe in my heart that Frontier is going to, through continual, you know, work between now and say a year from now, put in the effort, put in content so that in the end, looking back on it from two, three years in the future, we look back on Odyssey as an awesome thing.
thing. I think it's going to be rough at launch. I think they're going to get really bad reviews and it's going to be a rough time. Much like, you know, um, Hello Games with No Man's Sky. They got shit reviews and had a really rough time and then they put their nose to the grindstone and they got it done. And eventually they put out a really good product. So I, I think we're going to see kind of that situation. And that takes us to Frontier News. For news beyond the game, it's Frontier News. Two streams this week. The Tuesday stream was Super Cruise News number 32 with Zach and Sally. Link is in the show notes. You don't need to use it. The next link is Thursday, Conflict Zones with Dav Stott, Art, Bruce, and Dav. Link is in the show notes. If you have not seen this, you need to go see this. This is not one to miss. Um, Dav Stott is the head of online or servers, whatever. He's the... Uh, whatever that the wording is for that he's the head of the he's the server god and he's always always good and when he comes on he says things that should be listened to and he said great things that should be listened to check that out there were several questions that he was asked where his answer was i do the servers that's not my thing i don't know and i thought that's good just fucking say it directly that's awesome i salute that but when he, several things that he was asked uh, or, or, or that, that he just brought up where he talked about stuff about the BGS and some new stuff that's happening there. He talked about the fact that settlements are the places that grow the food and mine the ore and make the shit, make the compressors and this and that and the other, the computers and the whatever. So that when you go to a settlement and buy the wheat or buy the iron or buy the computer, you're going to get it for cheaper than when you go to the station. Because the idea is settlements generate the shit and then ship it to stations, which then trade and use the shit. So obviously, if you go and buy corn in Iowa, it's going to be cheaper because or Nebraska because that's where it's from. What did you think, Tweet? As I've said before, I've got a I've had a man crush on Stop for quite a while now. His his stream about the BGS a few years back was not to be missed, really. If if you're a BGS guy, you're oh, yeah. curious how to how to how the BGS works. And he said some interesting things. Uh, I, like I mentioned earlier about how there's a lot of varied settlement types that weren't in this alpha yet. He 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 brought up a point that I wondered why he brought it up. Honestly, was how the instancing works. You know that that we are mostly peer to peer. If 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 you and I are shooting at each other, that's peer to peer. But there's a server node, or I can't remember the the terminology so, that he used exactly. So the terminology, just to be clear, that he used, and then I'll let you finish your point, was that certain aspects are peer to peer. Other data is held under the AWS Amazon Web Servers, which holds other data. So there's so what what the part I think that you're referencing was he talked about the fact that when you first make a connection it will try first to use just straight peer-to-peer but then for other parts of it if there's a weird situation where you're having trouble connecting it'll revert to a backup process that is part of the aws where it'll it's an extra jump so the computer the, the game tries to not have that happen but if it must it does Go ahead and finish your point, Tweet. Yeah, I just found it odd because he brought it up as a kind of uh, point of contention or a, a point of interest, I guess, and it really didn't apply to anything else. So that makes me wonder if that got a little bit buffed with this new update or something, possibly. Mm. He did talk about the BGS and about the buckets and how the new missions and everything are going to work, but unless I missed it, I 
could not discern if he identified clearly if there are new buckets or if these missions go into the old buckets. So he did not he did not identify clearly, but that doesn't mean there aren't any new buckets. That just means he didn't disclose them. Right. But no, I mean Davstot leaks not leaks, but I guess information sneaks out of Dev Stop at all times. So if you guys did not watch Thursday's FDev stream, you can go back and find it on YouTube or on Twitch. I highly suggest watching it, even when they go into the conflict zones and they start playing the game, because he gives out all kinds of great information. Oh, yeah. There. It really, it, I walked away from that stream that day. I was at work and I was watching the stream. And when that ended, I felt more optimistic about the release to come on the 19th than I have since before the Odyssey came out or the Alpha came out, really. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was a great stream. Go and check that out. Which takes us to Galnet News. So, <clears throat> link is in the show notes. Go check out the permalink for the Galnet News. This week we had on May the 3rd, Nova Imperium targeted by superpowers. Tied to that, on May the 6th, there was two posts. The first one was Federation Attacks Nova Imperium. Let me break that down real quick. These two posts, basically what happened was the guy that ran away from the NMLA from the last station when they lost the CG, he ran to this new place, asked for asylum, and he's basically saying, and the evil guy that's running the NMLA is Hadrian Duvall, which makes absolutely no fucking sense. And Hadrian Duvall has responded saying, uh-uh, they tried to kill me. Remember, I was in a medically induced coma. Also, not for nothing, I'm the guy who wants to go back to the make the empire great again. And these guys want to abolish the empire. I want to be the emperor. They want to make sure there's no emperor. This makes no sense. I would never be a part of them. That would be like saying that uh, Rush Limbaugh is secretly in charge of... Uh, trying to take Black Lives Matter uh, 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 protesters and turn them into rioters. Like, this makes no sense whatsoever. This is a guy that is far right-wing as possible, and you're accusing him of being a left-wing terrorist. Like, this is just nonsense. But there's a group that have moved in and said, we don't need proof. We're not waiting for evidence. We're not waiting even for the rightful authorities to address this. We're just going to say, good enough for us. Let's go lynch this dude. What the fuck? So there's that. Uh, the other post that came out on May the 6th was the Hudson Initiative increases federal surveillance. So here we had the outcome of the community goal for last week, which was you had President Trump Hudson on the one side and Felicia Winters on the other. And Hudson was saying, we want to spy on everybody. And Felicia Winters was saying, we want to stop him from spying. And story-wise, it makes absolutely no sense to, to support Hudson and his thing. But he was offering the better reward. He offered the better shiny because he offered a kill warrant scanner, which 10% of anyone will ever use. And Felicia Winters offered a electronic uh, countermeasures module which 0% of anyone will ever use. Okay. Your opinion is not shared by the vast majority of all the players who said, fuck personal freedom and security and privacy. We're going to go ahead and make this a, a fucking Stasi state where the big brother spies on us because I want that kill warrant scanner. And as a result, uh, you know, the, the Hudson won the thing overwhelmingly won the thing. And that sucked. Uh, and the next and last um, and only 
uh, of the Galnet stories this week that didn't bum me the fuck out was one about the voice of salvation. Now, if you remember, salvation is the code name that's used by whoever this secret, quote, man of science is that sent you on the mission to go and um, sort of find the Hesperus. And this is very, very cool because the enigmatic salvation sent out a message to commanders he recently recruited to discover the Hesperus megaship saying, the vessel we found at Perseus Dark Region KCV C2-2 system after salvation provided an access to read the automated SOS, pilots were then encouraged to deliver the surviving logs to Taurus Mining Ventures, uh, at the Hind Mine Asteroid Base in T-Towery system. Um, so basically what they're saying here with this is, hey, there's a deadline to turn in that data that you got if you were the guy, if you went out there and scanned the beacon and did all the stuff and you can get your 2 million credits or 10 void opals, 10 tons of void opals, but the deadline to pick that up is ending on May 21st, 3307. So I guess unlike other ones, un other CGs, if you don't get your money soon, then you're, you're, you know, you're not going to be able to get it. I think that's very cool because to me that basically says, hey guys, guys, we're FDEV and we're saying that on May 21st or sometime soon thereafter, we're going to take the next step for this thing. And that's when you're going to, so we're going to clear out the old rewards so we can make room for the new rewards. Meaning to me, this story is continuing, which they've already said it's continuing, but it's good. Like, yeah, we're seeing it, that it's continuing. Here's the thing. We've speculated before that salvation was Palin because that's the only one. Palin makes a lot of sense. Some Inra scientist makes a little sense. Ramtom makes a little sense. Here's one thing we completely left out. What if Salvation is not a person, but an AI? What if Salvation is Project Thunderchild? What if Salvation is this AI that was created by the Federation, put into dormancy? I mean, it was created not by the Federation, created by Galcop back in the day, by age, uh, Inra back in the Galcop days as a secret project to fight the uh, Thargoids. And now that the Thargoids are back, the AI is back and it's trying to work on a whole thing. That could be an amazing storyline. Huge, huge, huge props if if that's the case. Like, holy shit, Frontier. You guys are doing good story. I salute you for that. Um, so that's the Galnet news. We'll see how it plays out. Community goal-wise, last week, as we said, very sadly, President fucking evil Stasi state, we want to spy on everybody, report your parents for cheating on their taxes, one. And shadow president, you know, we just want to be cool and groovy to people, lost. So people voted with their wallets, or in this case, the shiny module that they wanted. And um, yeah, that sucked. The new uh, ongoing CG that's happening right now, again, this CG is just for cash. It doesn't offer a cool module. Kind of, so that kind of sucks, and I get that people are going to be less inclined to be excited about it. But story-wise, the answer is very clear here. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, understand this. Everyone needs to go and fight for the Imperium, Nova Imperium. Everyone needs to go fight for the uh, that side, the Empire side in this one particular case, because to be clear, so there's no misunderstanding before where we said, hey, fight for the Federation because the Empire is invading Federated space to try to hunt down the NMLA or hunt down the Marlinist who they accused of being tied to the NMLA for no good reason. Now it's flipped the exact opposite. This is a Federation faction that has invaded Empire space with no valid warrant, no reason, no cause. It's just an accusation. To be clear, the ACT, which is the governing body of investigators, which is like 
a CIA, an anti-terrorist group that was put together by all of the superpowers. They haven't, they've said, okay, we're looking into this. Accusations have been made about this uh, Nova Imperium guy, Hadrian Duvall, but kind of don't make sense. We need to look into this and see if it's accurate. These fuckers have showed up and said, fuck that. We got to, we're starting a posse. We're going to invade somebody else's space and we're going to kill him or arrest him or whatever. Um, fuck that. So everyone, I know it's only for money. There's no cool modules, but please, for the sake of the story, fight for the side of Nova Imperium. Go ahead and fucking let's, let's turn back these guys who have just decided that they want to, you know, do a, a, a crazy, no justice, like they're just making themselves ju- judge, jury, and executioner and invading another country to do it so that they can go after this guy who there has been no evidence found on. It's just an accusation. This is absolutely bullshit. Somebody said in the chat, Hadrian absolutely benefits from Duvall's deaths. Yes, but guess what? He was the second fucker that they attempted to assassinate. He doesn't benefit from his own death. He was in a medical coma. Jesus Christ. Makes no sense. All right. And that takes us to, whew, damn. That takes us to real life science. Real life science. All right. Real life science. First off, we've got This Week at NASA, T-W-A-N. They put it out every week. The video uh, link is in the show notes for all of these. It talks about Senator Bill Nelson was confirmed by the Senate as the 14th NASA Administrator. Crew One prepares for a return to Earth. Spoiler alert, we got a video coming up next. They succeeded. They, they landed safely. Congrats. Welcome home to them. Remembering astronaut Michael Collins. Ingenuity Mars Copter meets all mission objectives after the third successful flight and NASA sets a new extended mission agenda. Core stage for Artemis 1 SLS arrives at the launch facility and RS-25 did an engine testing process that had a, a complete success. SpaceX Crew-1 Mission Safe Splashdown, May 2nd. Check that video out. NASA Mars Helicopter and the future of extraterrestrial flight. They set an agenda where they talk about, they talk for like half an hour in this video where they get into the minutia of, okay, we needed to test this. We needed to see that we could fly something on another planet. We, you know, thought we could, but we needed to see, and we did. And now here's our what our plans are for Mars, and here's what our plans are for Titan, and here's what our plans are for Venus, and yada, yada, yada. And each of them have their own unique concerns and own unique sort of things that they have to address. Um, next up, Simply Space, uh, the first real images of Titan. What have we discovered? Very cool little video. Go check it out. Titan is the future. Even more so than Mars, Titan is the future of human expansion. It's just farther out, so we have to do Mars first before we can get to Titan. But once we are able to get to Mars and Titan both, Titan is a much better opportunity for a stable human colonization project because it, A has a very strong magnetosphere, which protects it from radiation, and B, has ma- like a, a really good atmosphere and has massive amounts of all the chemicals we need to 3D print everything that we need going forward. Anton Petrov put out a video. Could these 14 objects really be antimatter stars? Studies suggest so. Very, very cool. Go check it out. We're going to talk next week more about antimatter very important. I think it's very easy for a lot of people to sort of not understand it. We're going to get into it. And real engineering, can nuclear propulsion take us to Mars? First off, the the start of this video was amazing. It explains something that I don't think most people understand. I think 
99.9% of everyone, if you tell, even elite fans, if you tell them, hey, do you know that, you know, uh, Voyager 1 and 2, the only reason why that worked was because of a super weird special launch window that only happens like, like the next time it's going to happen is like 180 years from now, where they were able to, all of the planets lined up in just such a weird way that they were able to sort of gravity assist and go like through this planet, this planet, this planet, this planet, they were all lined up just perfectly, which only happens every couple hundred years that they could do a launch that would work to use all of them going out. Really, really amazing stuff. There was a guy, it starts with the story of this guy who was working at JPL. He's up in the middle of the night. He's doing these weird tests on gravity assist, um, um, sort of like measuring it out and planning it out and like what would happen in this configuration what would happen in that configuration and he looked and just happened to find hey wait in a couple of years there's going to be this once every couple hundred years little setup that lets you launch and go all the way out like that holy shit we got to use that and they real quick built voyager one and two and made it happen and that's amazing but it, what they're talking about now is if we use nuclear engines, there's ways that we can do things that, you know, we couldn't do without. And it's all balancing the mass needed as opposed to, you know, the mass needed for the fuel increases your weight, which then means you need more mass for the fuel. It's a whole, you know, vicious cycle. They talked, there was a, NASA had a program called NERVA, which was a nuclear, uh, you know, engine program, which was scrapped and then has just recently been reopened for Mars mission planning. And very, very cool, just a little tie into For All Mankind, which we talked about last week. NERVA was how Pathfinder works on For All Mankind. Very, very cool shit. And uh, we have, so that's, that is the for uh, real life science. Links are in all the show notes. Go look at these videos. Check that out. It is good shit. Next up, we've got a little bit of controversy in the elite dangerous content creator community. <clears throat> Operation Warbucks is a thing that's going to be happening on Saturday, May 15th. It starts at 5 p.m., 1700 hours UTC, and is going on for 24 hours. There are going to be multiple streamers that are going to be taking shifts three to four hours per show. And this is a fundraiser that has two goals. Number one, to get a new PC for Commander Orange Phoenix, who is a streamer, co-founder of the SPVFA, and photography director of Sag Eye Magazine. It is a very, very cool uh, project that is definitely worthy of support. Everybody who knows Orange Phoenix loves him. He is just a fucking, he's a sweetie, he's a good guy. And and it's just a situation where it's like, all right, as a as a community, we've gotten together and said, let's let's do this. And big, big props to Pixie Wifey and Rear Admiral Flaps is some of the Pixie Wifey is sort of the, I think, the originator of this. And 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 others have hopped in and 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 done a lot for it. The streamers that are going to be involved in this include Pixie Wifey, Rear Admiral Flaps, Dream Quasher One, WK Jez, you know, fan favorite of this show, Captain Metzi, Maltmeister, Biker Flame, and more, as well as a super surprise streamer at 1900 hours UTC, 7 p.m. UTC. And there's a PayPal link in the description, in the show notes. Um, I gotta say, this is where it gets a little controversial. Two other content creators, and I'm not gonna name them, but two other content creators in the middle, in the Elite Dangerous community have now decided after Operation Warbucks was publicly scheduled, and promoted to create a conflicting event, which 
it's unclear at this point if it's a competing fundraiser stream or not. I don't know. On that same day, they will have this event, which conflicts uh, with Operation Warbucks. I've not spoken directly to these streamers, so I cannot say for sure if they were aware of the conflict, but um, they have said on the stream today that uh, they just had the idea and are working out the details. They just had this idea as opposed to Operation Warbucks, which has been publicly posted and promoted promoted since April 24th. Now, maybe this conflict is just an unfortunate coincidence, but since they were advised about the conflict in chat today on a live stream, and they clearly already knew what it was. They didn't say, conflicts with Operation Warbucks, what's that? They said, oh, it conflicts with Operation Warbucks. Oh, well. So like they knew already what it was, and they just had the idea to do this stream today, which to me seemed to indicate maybe that it was planned or at least acknowledged that this was going to conflict and they didn't mind. <clears throat> And it should also be pointed out, I've been told both content creators of the conflicting stream have Orange Phoenix blocked on Discord. This conflict certainly seems, let's say, curious. Regardless, if the conflict is coincidental or not, the other content creators are now clearly aware of the conflict as publicly stated on today's stream. It would seem like maybe a reschedule of that conflicting stream would be the classy way to go. I don't know. It's up to you guys to decide. But either which way, I would say this. Orange Phoenix is a fucking sweetheart. He's a good dude. Um, this stream, this, this project, which has been planned out by a half dozen streamers <clears throat> and content creators, is a good project and is worthy, I feel is worthy of your attention and worthy of your, your support. So regardless of whether or not the conflicting event goes off, I would just ask that you show your support for Operation Warbucks for the good uh, uh, sort of event that it is and and uh yeah show them your support the link is in the show notes go onto the paypal we're going to talk about it next week and we're going to have maltmeister on as a as a guest and we're going to you know get into the details of the fun stuff that they have going <clears throat> but for sure go and check it out and show show your support for it because it deserves the love so yeah everybody vote your conscience and also too just <clears throat> if there's any question of like well there's two things and you know i don't know this one or that one just know one of these was planned out long in advance and publicly notified and the other one came well after and they're just figuring it out now and they know that this other program is going on so you decide what's right on that and that takes us to roy stories We now return to our Inara Commander series with Mac Winston, Season 2, Episode 10, To Reach Out and Touch. Harvestport, Kappa Fornassus. A new day began on the William F. McCoy like any other. Despite the profit warning issued by the East India Company, it was business as usual. Another list of missions would no doubt present itself, despite the panic in the boardroom and looming shareholder revolt. I stretched and made my way up to the bridge. Cal had already left. No doubt he had gone to the missions office or the canteen. I wondered if my order for those aftermarket SRV headlights would show up before we started our work as I sank into the commander's seat and lazily leafed through the system status. The William F. McCoy was in top condition. Came Cal's voice from somewhere in the ship's living quarters. On the bridge, just getting the ship warmed up. How's the mission office? George was in good form again. He was giving some noob one hell of a chewing out something to do with shipping a horse and a sidewinder. A horse? You're kidding. I had to leave before I broke into uncontrollable laughter. 
The poor guy looks like the horse had bitten kicked him a few times too. I guess we'll hear the full story later, I said, shaking my head. How the hell does one load a horse onto a sidewinder? Please me. This arrived for you, Cal said, tossing a package over to me as he went to take his station in our clipper's left seat. It was about the size of a space liner carry-on cabin bag. It had some surprising weight to it. Not something that ought to be tossed, I thought. Excellent, the new SRV lights, I said as I started to excitedly rip the fasteners off the box. The address label fell off. Mac Winston, care of East India Company. That's all it said. I was sure I had given the full address of the William F. McCoy's birth when I ordered them. No bother, they'd arrived. There's at least one surface mission in the mission pack I picked up. Perhaps we'll try to get them out, Cal observed while I continued to remove the cardboard. Inside was a metal box, the dull lustrous gray of bare aluminum. It was rather nice. I didn't think the price of the lights would include a decent metal case. There were two latches and I flicked them open and opened the box. Not SRV lights. The case was filled with custom-formed foam to keep its contents from damage. Nestling inside was some kind of hand weapon. An absurdly large hand weapon that would barely fit in the hand. I looked at the detached address label again. Yep, definitely my name on it. I lifted the weapon from its container. It seemed even bulkier when out of its case. I turned it over carefully, examining it. Cal was looking at me, surprised. When did you order that? I didn't. The company's not issuing new personal sidearms? I asked, looking for a possible explanation. Cal shrugged. Not that I'm aware. I hadn't seen a handgun of this design. It had the usual parts you'd expect. A safety catch, trigger, hand grip. It was gun-shaped. But it had a yield setting and felt... It felt slightly warm. I pressed the magazine release. The power pack slid out and I turned it over, examining it. Five lights glowed on the side, presumably indicating that the power pack was full and ready to go. There was some kind of complex interlocking mechanism on the business end, and it was clear that the power pack was most of the weapon's weight. Warning, ionizing radiation detected. Said the ship's computer, matter-of-factly. Shit! I exclaimed and slammed the power pack back into the weapon. What the hell? Cal was already looking at the console. Don't panic, it's only just barely went over the detection threshold. About two bananas worth. A nuclear-powered handgun? There was a spare power pack in its own cutout in the box. It was in an outer case and was also slightly warm. There was also a small sheet of vellum nestling in the case. I set the gun on the captain's console and took out the piece of vellum turning it over. Handwriting. Mac, I trust this will help keep you safe. And that was it. That was all that was written, and handwritten too. What do you make of this? Whoever sent this to you was privately educated in the Empire. He remarked. They teach this style of writing in all the expensive schools. Toss me that data pad. Let's see if we can find out what type of weapon we have here. Cal obliged. I offered the weapon up to the data pad's camera. An image search quickly brought up a result. Vega Corporation Death Reeker from Galpedia, the free encyclopedia. The Death Reeker is a semi-automatic handgun, notable for being the only handgun designed to accept a nuclear power pack. The weapon was manufactured by Vega Corps for a short period between 3262 and 3263, 
and was famous for reliability problems frequently killing its own user. The magazine Assassin's Choice famously quipped that the most effective use of a death wreaker was to simply throw it at your victim, as the resultant explosion would do more damage than the actual plasma bolt. Most of the reliability problems had been solved by the time the weapon's production run ended in 3263. However, the reported problems with the early models had already caused demand for the weapon to collapse. It is thought that fewer than 50 death wreakers still exist. Well, great. Someone just sent us a bomb, I think. The sarcasm aside, someone obviously thinks you're special. That's what's worrying me, Cal. That's what has me worried. All right. So that is the end of season two Roy stories with Mac Winston. Just want to call that out. Good stuff. Here's the deal. This is the end of season two. We will be taking a short break while we prepare for the next season. Maybe two weeks to a month, something like that. If there are any writers out in the audience who would like to be considered for the future seasons, please contact Roy in the Elite Week Discord. Link is in the show notes. So we have more Unisakashiro stories for sure, but we're sort of at a point with Yuno where it's, uh, how do I say it? If we were to start a Unis season, it's, it would leave us in the middle of an arc. So we're sort of looking for more Yuna uh, stories to be published or for Yuna to reach out to us directly in the Discord, either myself or um, Roy, so that we could, you know, sort of, link it up and get it together uh, or we'll do another sort of story arc or season of Roy stories or possibly another commander if you have uh, stories written for Elite if you already have your stories published on Anaro and or just want to reach us directly with submissions of your stories and have scripts together we'll definitely take a look at them but uh, if we don't have a submission either contact or submission from Yuna with a complete arc for the next season or contact or submissions from another writer then we will continue in anywhere from two weeks from to a month from now with more uh of the mac winston stories for the next arc while we wait for yuna to finish that the arc that that they're on now um i want to mention something that i forgot to mention real quick uh before on the uh, operation warbucks there's also going to be prizes in this 24-hour stream so i know everybody like look at the fucking stupid what do you call it <laughs> twitch drops whenever you offer a prize everybody and their fucking cousin shows up so prizes go get prizes i mean i think you should do it because he's an awesome guy and it's a great cause and yada yada but if it helps make you get there prizes so yeah so that covers the warbucks thing and the uh also roy story stuff so that takes us to we're skipping state of the game like i said we are not doing that until at, at least after may 19th but that takes us to our sign off uh tweak say goodbye to the beautiful people well real quick before i say goodbye i'd be amiss we, we forgot one piece of news from the FF stream thursday Hit it. Um, they mentioned, I think it was after Dav got off, that, th that they really alluded to Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, something story-wise was going to be happening or something. Something about Wednesday stood out to them and they were both being kind of coy about it. So mm, if, if everybody I, missed it, I just wanted to bring that up. I, I think they were talking about the following Wednesday, which was May 19th, which is Odyssey launch. Well, they were talking about story and lore at that point in time, though, so I'm not sure. But we'll see. I just wanted okay. to bring that up just in case. 
Fair enough. Say goodbye to the beautiful people. All right, everybody. We had a good crowd tonight. Lots of fun conversations in chat. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. And uh, as always, Shazma and Nanu Nanu. Fuck yeah. Control, say goodbye to the beautiful people. Hej då allihopa. Ha en bra fredag. Vi ses nästa vecka. Motherfucker, you stole my... I was going to say that for my side. Now I can't. All right, I can't say it now. Look, he stole it. Otherwise, I was going to say that thing that he just said. So on behalf of down-to-earth astronomy, I'm going to say this is down-to-earth astronomy. Have a good night. I don't know. I can't be as classy as him. Whatever. Uh, On behalf of Kai, I'm going to say be excellent to each other. I love you all. And it's not just because I'm drunk, but it's mostly because I'm drunk. Control, play us out.
Without 